0: Did you say, say what kind of animal was that attacked her?
1: So yeah, they're saying some type of animal attack. Statistically, there's been more animal attacks, mysterious deaths, people gone missing. In other news, local
0: authorities remain perplexed by the animal attacks. What attacked you in the woods? An animal. What else could it have be been? Welcome to it was an animal attack. Your court of the supernatural drama series. <laughs> I'm Sandile and I'm Banzai. Yes, you heard that right. This is not just one of our typical podcast episodes. Today is a trial for none other than the terror of the South, the Confederate King, (laughs) the vivisector with a vicious V, the protagonist by association, Damon Salvatore. (laughs) (laughs) So to lay this out, The court of the Supernatural Drama Series is a kangaroo court. None of the usual rules are going to apply. We're just going to go with it. Two people are playing all the parts. It's truly a play rather than an actual court case. And it's a comedy of errors. (laughs) So, prosecution. Our podcast. The attorneys thereof are myself and my co-counsel, Fanzai. The defendant. The character in question, Damon Salvatore whose attorneys are also myself and my co-counsel, Fadzai.
1: Or maybe it's our (laughs) doppelgangers.
0: Yes, our doppelgangers are on his defense team. (laughs) That's actually brilliant. (laughs) Um, Witnesses for both the prosecution and the defense are your two other doppelgangers, Fadzai and (laughs) Fadzai. The judge is, of course, Fadzai. And the bailiff is myself, Sandile. So, listeners at home, the... 20 or 30 of you that listen to us you will be the jury for this case and I say this to say today you're going to hear a lot about Damon Salvatore that's not exactly in a positive light and it is up to you to reflect on that with yourself but also a little bit with us as to how that affects your opinion of Damon Salvatore if at all. I know that there are droves of Damon salvatore stands out there and to to you i say go with god live with your heart full and enjoy yourself we are not um we will try our best to be as unbiased as possible because that is our job that we don't get paid for if anything we say today isn't to your liking please understand he's a fictional character and it will not hurt you in the long run and i hope that you consider if even an ounce of merit to what we say hits you the right way, just reflecting a little bit on that. That's all. That's all I have to say. Before we proceed, Fazai, do you have anything to add in our opening statements?
1: <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I think you've, you've been very fair and quite
0: open. Brilliant. Then in that case, let's cast our minds back to 2009. We were just recovering from the Great Recession. Lady Gaga is on the rise. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan Salvatore has just come to Mystic Falls. We'll learn later that he's been here for like a couple of months But regardless, he meets Elena at school. They're flirting. They're vibing. It's darling, but Stefan is a vampire a vegetarian so to speak feeding only on animals but Working tirelessly every day to control this darker side to him that makes a showing when he drinks human blood so When Vicky Donovan is attacked in the woods at a party and returns with a bloody neck wound, we know, and Stefan knows, there must be another vampire in town. Enter Damon Salvatore. (laughs) With his hello brother. The phrase that launched an iconic pop culture... History and also a bourbon brand, right? They do bourbon now.
1: Yeah, yeah. Don't
0: you and some other Paul Wesley have like a bourbon called Brothers Bond or something?
1: I think, yeah, yeah, something, something with the word brother in it.
0: I'm pretty sure Ian Somerhalder, by the way, Damon Salvatore, you know this, Damon Salvatore played by Ian Somerhalder. I think he has in his Twitter bio, the Salvatore brothers made a bourbon or something like that. That's like the selling point, which was crazy to see like six years after the show had ended. But get your money, sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm just glad he didn't do it with Matt, with Matt Davis. Oh, God. Who in the show plays his drinking buddy.
0: But yes, Damon arrives. He's the one who's been causing trouble, starting with a couple that slaughtered right at the beginning of the episode. And also, the shitty little crow that's just following Elena around you this episode.
1: <laughs> He's a little familiar.
0: I, I got familiar. So, okay. So, last, last episode, because we spoke about the crow last episode for some reason, and you called it his familiar. I think when I first watched it, I thought he was shapeshifting into the crow. I also
1: thought that because that was what I remembered from the book. But now I'm not sure whether in the book they shapeshift or if they just control these animals. Because both are very Dracula-esque powers. Right, exactly. From like romance vampires.
0: I believe either of the source material, but for the show, it makes more sense in their attempt to ground it. That it's more likely he's just controlling a crow rather than him turning into one. <laughs> Even though that was the pilot. And nothing matters about the pilot, really. That's true.
1: It's, it was actually, it's weird seeing how kind of different certain things and people look in the pilot. Like, I was like, this definitely was not filmed back to back. No, (laughs) no. Matt is
0: blonder. He has bangs. Stefan's hair is so short. Stefan wasn't yet rocking the Robert Pattinson from Twilight look. Exactly. (laughs) I think it might have been that between shooting the pilot and then shooting the show, Twilight rocked up in popularity and then they started to play in that space a little bit
1: perhaps yeah because of his debut 2009 twilight came out 2008 so yeah it probably did influence
0: even da- funny enough damon in the, those early episodes is reading a copy of twilight i thought it was 50 shades of gray that might be later in the show but i'm pretty sure you also
1: that's read much shades. later on yeah okay Cool. Yeah.
0: kind of it is funny to note that he reads both those books when one i believe is fan fiction of the other is a 50 shades like fan fiction of twilight
1: 50 shades is a mutation of twilight fanfic and ian summerholder was initially set to play christian gray oh, <laughs> before he wow. was like nah i forgot you know what my headcanon is My headcanon is Ian Summerholder was like Cool I'll play Christian Grey Read the book And saw how shitty Christian is And was like I can't do this again Yeah I can't keep playing These terrible love interests Who are supposed to be interpreted As these perfect boyfriends As like
0: morally grey Perfect boyfriends Who just need a little fixing Yeah <laughs> honestly though and I, I say this because ian Somerhalder, we love he seems like a great guy yeah just like in real life he seems to have been just like a really good person i don't know much about him in reality but i like. and him.
1: is is married to a twilight actress He's married to the woman actress. who played rosalie
0: uh, ashley green who also seems cool
1: ashley green is uh alice i think her name is nikki, I nikki reed, reed. Her name is definitely Nikki. I yes. can't remember what her surname Yes, you're right. I yeah. confused
0: them. My apologies. I think he would have made a much better Fifty Shades. Speaking of someone who read the awful book and watched the awful movie, <laughs> I think he would have made a much better Christian Grey than Jamie Dornan did. And I love Jamie Dornan. Damon arrives in the first episode. Towards the end, actually. It's like the, the just as the final act is happening. It's very clear from the get-go. Stefan and Damon are like cardinal opposites. Stefan tries to curb his vampire impulses. Damon rebels in them. Stefan has a lot of compassion for humanity. Damon views them as food, as objects, as playthings. And where Stefan is focused on keeping a low profile in this town of Mystic Falls, a town that used to know all about vampires, uh, Damon is kind of just fanging around with reckless abandon. Also, Their relationship is very, I would say, hostile. Yeah. I wanted to say fraught. But at at this early point, it is just like straight. We're fighting. We're clashing. Stefan tackles into him and throws him out a window (laughs) in a move that is rarely used in the show afterwards. Like vampires don't really fly across rooms anymore. (laughs) Uh, And that's a shame. He tries to get Damon to stop what he's doing in mystic falls stop terrorizing the people and put their history aside for once and damon insists that he promised stefan quote an eternity of misery Hmm. he's kind of like dark mysterious violent vampire to stefan's more brooding passionate like tortured soul vampire which are both archetypes right damon speaks to the violence the carnage the superiority to humanity whereas Stefan speaks to like the romance and the I hate to say female gaze because that's a term that's truly been destroyed (laughs) but like (laughs) the idea of an immortal it's what spawns the the YA fiction like cycle of immortal beings who fall in love with these teenage girls that's like Imagine this immortal creature who's lived forever and has seen so much of the world, and was obsessed with you, and was focused on protecting and caring for you. Like there's a, there's an element of that that is kind of romantic, albeit a little bit messed up. Yeah. So those like those are kind of the vibes I think are working with these two. Early on in season one, these sort of next couple of episodes, Damon is slowly infiltrating Stefan's world. His like circle of friends and acquaintances that he's slowly inheriting through his relationship with Elena. Uh, And Damon starts sowing like seeds of discord and conflict to antagonize Stefan. Starting with Elena herself, Elena comes looking for Stefan at their house the next episode and encounters Damon instead who starts to go on about how (laughs) he was worried Stefan would never get over his ex. He's framing Catherine, Catherine Pierce, as this tragic and dramatic ex that Stefan has in order to, like, sow some conflict in Stefan and Elena's budding relationship. Also... Well, I mean, right in the first episode, he attacks Vicky in the woods, right? But then he continues to terrorize her through some of the latter episodes. At some point, he's got her on the rooftop and he's about to throw her off. And Stefan comes up to try and rescue her because everybody has noticed Vicky's missing. Damon is compelling Vicky uh, to believe that Stefan is the one who attacked her and not Damon. And is about to send her out To go tell all of Mystic Falls in order to expose him. But it's not really to expose him. It's kind of to provoke Stefan to feed and become like the vampire he's supposed to be. Quote unquote. Which is an interesting thing that that'll cost them again throughout the series. This idea that Damon feels there is only one way to be a vampire. And it is to fully embrace the bloodlust, the carnality... Like all of it, you have to be all in or nothing
1: I guess from with that with that scene specifically, from his point of view, he probably feels quite justified in that he notes that Stefan is weaker than him because he feeds only on animals, and even Stefan's vampire powers, like compulsion, are not as not as reliable mm. as the average vampire uh because and and we see it throughout season one. Uh, where Stefan's ability to compel people is weak at best. Like, when, when he compels Vicky to forget that she was attacked by a vampire, it doesn't quite take she's able to remember Damon once she sees him and even remember that he attacked her. And much later on, when Stefan thinks that Jeremy needs to be compelled, he full-on says, I can't do it <laughs> because of the way I live my life.
0: <laughs> <sighs> yeah. Does say you if you don't want her to expose you, you can just compel her not to, knowing that Stefan can't. And Stefan says that, "Are you hoping that I'll feed and that I'll remember what it's like to be a vampire? Remember that we're brothers." And I was surprised that this early on, they they were threading this element of Damon's, like despite how he purports to hate Stefan and to want to punish Stefan for whatever we don't know as yet. There is still that sense of him that desperately wants Stefan by his side. And I thought that was interesting. I did not know it was this early on. Other than those sorts of elements, though, the most notable kind of terror that he's posing in this first arc, the Vicky arc, the, like, first seven episodes, is that he... How do I phrase this? He seduces and then entraps Caroline Forbes. Yes. Caroline Forbes being friend to Elena and therefore an avenue for him to cause like more problems with Stefan, to antagonize him, to threaten to expose him and so on and so on. I mean, I'm just going to say it as it is and whoever feels otherwise can sound off when they hear this. But Damon Salvatore sexually assaults Caroline Forbes. I will speak for myself. I feel like that's a non-negotiable point. Yeah. It becomes muddy sometimes in stories that are like science fiction fantasy when there are these elements of the world that we don't have in our real life to pass out okay what's moral what isn't whatever and of course morality is also whatever because Damon's a bad guy right at least in this season they are textually writing him as a bad guy Damon using his mental powers to stop Caroline from leaving after she realizes he's a vampire And then convince her that she's fine with it Is sexual assault
1: Yes So Which I, I, I agree with And at the time that I was engaging with Vampire Diaries as a teenager Like I have said before I got into the show in season 2 When I went back and saw season 1 I was like Huh So you were mind controlling her, Mm -hmm. but the story makes it clear that even once the mind control was in effect, the sexual relationship continued. And I was like, but this is a character who, by the time I started watching this show, was being written as a protagonist. Yeah. Even even in my underdeveloped (laughs) 17-year-old brain, I was like... This feels weird. <laughs> I'm assuming at that age, I always assumed that the adults writing these things knew more than me. So I was like, I, I guess this is supposed to be okay. Because the grown-ups are saying it's okay, but I feel weird. Yeah. Which is the danger with things like this, with your, with your young, impressionable audience watching these things. It, it does sometimes warp one's opinion of what is okay and what isn't.
0: And I mean, I'm, I'm not here to to moralize on anyone and to suggest that a story needs to portray everyone as perfectly moral or be a like a guidebook on how to be like a good person. That doesn't make for interesting story. But I do think, like you say, the fact that that's then a character who is just part of the group as the story progresses, the fact that Caroline as a character who eventually becomes a vampire as we know when you become a vampire you regain all the memories that were compelled away from you knows everything that Damon did to her and beyond one episode it's just never addressed again and in fact Caroline is somewhat buddy-buddy with Damon in season two it's very odd to me
1: and beyond that many seasons later Elena brings up Caroline's (sighs) past Relationship with Damon As if it were something that was Entirely within her 17 year old human Control control, Which I don't know whether we're supposed to believe Elena doesn't know what was happening Or she forgot (laughs) (laughs) Elena knew exactly what was happening
0: Elena tells Stefan Stefan, Damon is Abusing Caroline, you need to stop him And Stefan goes I know, I want to but I am not strong enough to stop Damon by myself, and if I try, it'll only antagonize him further, and he will become a worse problem than he is now. That is the level at which Elena was in the first season, <laughs> and she throws it back in Caroline's face like it's this bad decision Caroline made in her slutty, ditzy youth. And it that that really messes me up. Uh i think that even in a show where it's like it's the vampire diaries right we joke about it all the time morality is a sliding scale but i think there is a responsibility in portraying something so real and so like in a lot of people's eyes unforgivable yeah that it's like largely forgotten so quickly and so i want to stake a flag here to say that despite the show and the characters forgetting it, we do not forget
1: it. An issue that, that we will see arise several times as we go on discussing Damon is that Damon will do bad things, terrible things. And from like a, a narrative perspective, that's fine. You can have characters who do bad things. You can even have protagonists who do bad things. Oh, love it. But it's that the story treats them like they are bad, like in that moment. Mm. And once we've moved on from that plot point, it's just that uh, it wasn't wasn't that deep. Damon's a good guy. He's made mistakes in the past, (laughs) but who among us hasn't? It's okay. We're never supposed to view them as truly evil things. Damon, as a character, is often written like he's Prince Zuko from Avatar. (laughs) Like like he was a a 16-year-old indoctrinated child who made bad choices, but the whole time never really reveled in the evil And eventually, pretty quickly, became a better person and chose to take down the bad system that he was raised in. Even with Prince Zuko, you could argue that, oh, because of the war setting and the people that his family and country hurt, it shouldn't be that easy. There should still be a lot of work to do. Mm.
0: But that all happens post-finale and it's a children's show, etc.
1: Yeah, that all happens post-finale. Damon is treated by the writers as if that is his his story too, (laughs) despite the fact that... He never really works to atone for the things that he does to anybody except, arguably, Elena and Stefan. Yeah. And then beyond that, he makes many of the same mistakes over and over again.
0: The thing is, up to to, and only for a certain number of people. I don't even want to say Damon doesn't care about anyone else. It's that Damon doesn't view anyone else as on a level of importance or worth. As himself, and, like, Elena progressively. Stefan, from the get-go, because even in, like, his worst fight with Stefan, he will kill Logan Fowl. Because Logan Fowl's trying to kill Stefan, right? Yeah. That's something that happens a couple episodes, um, like, seven episodes, I think, into the show. Apart from those two people, and then, like, maybe Rick after that. But even Rick, it's, like, it's a bit iffy. And then maybe Liz Forbes. But, like, despite their friendship, I'm sure he would have killed Liz Forbes, given... Uh, a decent enough Like like the smallest ultimatum And he would have snapped Liz Forbes' neck Is what I feel Oh absolutely <laughs> If someone
1: was like Choose between Elena and Liz Forbes He would have been like Say less And killed her
0: The number of times he has said He would rip Bonnie to shreds If it meant Elena would survive Is unconscionable Given their By the end of that show friendship It's baffling to me But that's the kind of person we're dealing with I hate to even say it, but moving on from the assault of Caroline Forbes. Damon's threat level grows with each day that he's in town. It reaches a point that Stefan and their nephew-uncle, Zach, concoct a plan to... (laughs) (laughs) Nephew-uncle is a crazy phrase. Uh They come up with a plan to neutralize him. Zach's been secretly growing Vervain, which had been burned to the ground by Damon before he left Mystic Falls to make sure that nobody could fight him off as he tore through the countryside. Stefan uses some of this Vervain to spike Caroline's drink at a founder's party since Damon's been using her as a drink fountain. And so Damon ingests some Vervain that's infused in her blood and he goes down for the count and they lock him up in the iconic Salvatore cellar. This doesn't last super long because even though they've weakened him, he still has enough like mental power. It never does again, right? This is a very unique yeah, thing. Yeah, it, it, it
1: really doesn't.
0: Is <laughs> that he long range uses his mental powers, almost like the sirens, funny enough, to draw Caroline to him and bust him out of the cell.
1: It's it's full blown telepathic persuasion at that point. Mm. He's weakened and barely conscious and he reaches miles (laughs) through the ether, I
0: guess. (laughs) Miles through the psychic ether.
1: And Caroline, in a trans-like state that even she can't quite explain, is drawn to the Salvatore house. It's almost like she doesn't quite know why she's there or what she's looking for. Mm -hmm. Goes down to the cellar and... Unlocks the door just as Zach is catching up to her and realizing what's going on.
0: Oh, bless his heart, Zacharias Lobelius Salvatore, you poor man. (laughs) I don't know his full name. What was that middle name? It's (laughs) Lobelius. After the Lobelia plant which has nothing to do with the Vampire diary, Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Um, Zack tries to block her from opening it, but it's too late. Damon's a vampire and he's like a middle-aged man. He's like in his 40s, right? He has
1: to be. I guess he's supposed to be. He doesn't look that old. He doesn't. But given the flashback that we see to the 90s where he's played by the same actor. <laughs> exactly. Like
0: 10, what is it? 15 <laughs> years prior, He's gotta be at least minimum 36. Damon busts out, snaps Zach's neck, like, without a single thought. (laughs) He doesn't even give him, like, last words or anything. He pushes the door open, snaps Zach's neck, walks past him, and gets upstairs.
1: Caroline manages to get away somehow, I guess, because... Because Zach was holding the door shut.
0: Uh, yeah, she, he tells her to run as he's holding the door shut And there's a bit of struggle while Caroline's escaping And then by the time he gets out She's like already in the living room And he does run after her But he can't vamp run So she gets to the door before him and runs outside And Stefan's taken his daylight ring uh, So he burns himself in the sun trying to get out So, you know, save Caroline Hopefully now... That she's she's on Vervain at this point. No, she's not. Because I think he compels her after this. Why does no one give Caroline Vervain? I don't understand. <laughs> I mean, h-
1: how how long was Damon even in that cellar? Because the rules of the universe is that Vervain stays in your system for... Like, two a days. While. Two days, three days tops. And it's supposed to be that if you're on Vervain, further compulsion should not work on you. Yeah. I guess they just hadn't... Because I I know that at this point in the series... Stefan has been giving Elena Vervain to give to all her loved ones. She gives uh, Jeremy the Vervain bracelet. She gives Jenna the Vervain-infused perfume. And I guess she starts... Does she, does she sneak Vervain into Caroline's, like, drinks constantly or does she also give i think she gives her like a friendship something or other okay i seem to remember that happening so i
0: guess maybe he just this is i mean this is the fallacy of vervain jewelry right is that you can just yank it off yeah you see vampire ill burn for a little bit but they just go this pesky vervain and then they throw it away and then they compel you (laughs) why weren't they drinking vervain from the get-go i guess stefan didn't have all that much vervain damon takes Whatever's left of like Zach's stash After he kills him And uses it to make his way into the founders council So you know there's that Yeah it's it's just odd
1: Another odd thing is that Damon murders Zach I guess in retaliation For Zach working against him with Stefan And providing Stefan vervain. But later on when he does manage To escape the house once the sun Has gone down and Stefan, I think, calls him or he calls Stefan. He threatens Stefan by saying, you know, I'm 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 weak from hunger and starving, so whoever I end up draining tonight, uh, that's on you. And I'm like, why
0: didn't you feed off Zach? Like you could have just You clearly like, didn't care that much about <laughs> it. You could have drained him a little bit before you snapped his neck. <laughs> Wasted a perfectly good body there. That's why Sybil chose <laughs> left it. him. She's like, You and me were the same aristocracy <laughs> bullshit. We don't finish our food. <laughs> But to that point, he does then go out once nightfall hits and heads into the woods where Vicky and her stoner friends are and drains all of her friends. Well, it drains Vicky too. But because she manages to wake up before he can burn her alive along with the rest of her friends, he's like, wow, you just won't die. And then just like on a whim feeds her some blood and then takes her back to Salvatore Manor. It's then that he uses her as like a hostage, I guess, for Stefan to bring back his daylight ring. But in the middle of the hostage situation, just <laughs> turns Vicky into a vampire. Go back to the Vicky episode. We can't rehash Vicky in this.
1: <laughs> I must note that he explicitly states later on, he did it out of boredom. Uh,
0: which is...
1: In the moment, he frames it as, your life sucks. Maybe if I make you into a vampire, which I think is awesome, your life will be better. But later on, when he's asked by her, he's like, I I'm was bored.
0: it's all there needs to be for me to completely ruin someone's life. I will say there is some strategy afterwards that comes in after he's been partying with Vicky enough time for him to get bored. He tells her to go to the Gilbert house because she wants to see Jeremy anyway. And he's hoping that that'll be a threat to Elena because she's looking to feed. She's in transition and that'll push Stefan to act. All the Vicky stuff isn't largely important. So if you're interested in that, go back to the Vicky episode. But at the end of it, Stefan's out looking for Vicky, who's wilding out because she's in transition and everything is bad. When he does manage to find her and talk her down, Logan Fell, who is on the town council and knows the Salvators of vampires, shoots Stefan with some wooden bullets and Damon comes in and tears his neck open because Damon's the only one who gets to kill his brother. No one else. <laughs> <laughs> so I do think it's bullshit because... It's it's a testament to the eternity of vampirism. He knows that once they're over whatever, like, decades-long spat they're in... He's hoping Stefan will at some point return to being like brother, brother with him. So he doesn't want Stefan dead. Not really.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't think he really wanted Stefan dead because I mean, he's been stronger than Stefan for years. He could have killed him at any point. Why
0: haven't you done it? I promised you an eternity of misery. Oh, so you want me around? Cool. Not me sounding like one of those girlies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
1: no, especially considering the Catherine of it all and the rivalry therein, it would have made sense if he actually wanted Stefan gone to have killed him long ago. Yeah.
0: Oh, we're going to get into the Catherine stuff because I want to chew into that. But um, while he's busy pulling out wooden bullets from Stefan, Vicky, of course, feeds off of Logan's dying body and transitions. Vicky's baby vampirism happens, not super important. Damon starts to infiltrate the town council because given Logan's attack, it's clear they know that there are vampires in town.
1: And Logan didn't tell them that the Salvators were vampires. Oh, he didn't. Because reasons? I guess he not, because Liz know. isn't aware, yeah. Yeah, that's how Damon is able to get in and be like, Hey, founding family member, so I get automatic <laughs> membership. <sighs> Such a pity that my Uncle Zach died. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> the privilege of being old money in
1: Mystic Falls, so you can kind of do whatever you want. Even Logan, who hasn't been in town until...
0: like a week prior to this
1: (laughs) is able is able to just be in there with the town council
0: yeah if anything he spurs them on he's like you guys aren't moving too quick and here's a device because now this Gilbert device is in the rotation. But he plies Carol Lockwood with alcohol because she's on Vervain and he can't compel her. And he gets all the information about what the lowdown is, how they're figuring out who vampires, who the vampires are in town. Stefan and Damon are in the clear because the council doesn't seem to know about Daylight Rings. They threw this party and cleared everyone who was at the party because it's in the daytime. He also gets the scoop from the direct investigation through Liz Forbes and in order to settle their hunt more finally to make sure that like they're thrown off his scent because he's the one who's been tearing through Mystic Falls. He kills some guy outside the Mystic Grill and pins it on Lexi, Stefan's best friend who's in town for his birthday and then when they've apprehended her with vervain and like a bunch of deputies you'll never hear about again um, <laughs> and she breaks free because she's 300 plus years old he stakes her for good measure and hands her over to the council and says the vampire problem is solved lexi who is i mean unassailably one of the best people on the show and she's on it for like five episodes so
1: That's that And for how many of those episodes is she alive
0: Oh honey One It's just the one I guess flashbacks
1: 162 candles Stefan's birthday in season one
0: That's like this all The Vicky stuff and then Lexi dying is like a turning point Into like the new arc I guess this middle arc of the show at this point, it starts to coalesce that Damon is in town. Because this whole time, Stefan's been like, what are you even doing here? Are you just here to ruin my life? And Damon's like, don't and worry Damon's about it.
1: been like, teehee. <laughs> yes, maybe I am. Probably. I'm not going to tell you. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it starts to become clear. He's back in town, hoping to bring back Catherine. Catherine Pierce. Their long... I was going to say long lost, but no, they believe she's dead. Their ancient shared love interest from 1864. Well, Stefan believes she's dead. Yes. But Damon is fully aware that in 1864, when there were vampires in Mystic Falls and when the founders' families enacted an ousting of the vampires in Mystic Falls using John Gilbert's device, but really some Bennett magic without knowing. They believe that Catherine died with a bunch of like other vampires- but in actual fact, Emily spared them and sealed them away in a tomb after they were disabled by the Gilbert device.
1: I love that detail of the whole Catherine Pierce and the tomb. Situation because there's so many layers to the narrative, depending how in the know you are in the world of the show. Like, the most surface level layer is oh, there was a civil war battle in or around Mystic Falls, and 27 civilians were casualties because they fired on a church, Fells Church, because they thought it was housing weapons, but there were actually civilians inside. Then the deeper level is oh, the town council and all their descendants know that actually those 27 civilians were vampires. And they didn't fire on the church. They burned the church to the ground with the vampires inside, hoping that that would kill them. And they believed they were successful. Then the layer below that is Emily (laughs) Bennett secretly spelled the tomb under the church to seal the vampires away, you know, with the possibility that it could be opened later on. And Stefan believed that Catherine had died with the other vampires, but Damon knew she was in the tomb. Then the layer below that is... (laughs) she wasn't in the tomb she escaped with the help of some random lockwood and even emily and damon didn't know that
0: (laughs) that is brilliant actually i didn't think of like the cascading situation (laughs) and this was i'd forgotten about this but emily only told damon this the fact that Catherine was spared in exchange for damon protecting her family like her future family Because she was then, I guess, just killed by the founders' families. Why did they kill her? What was that? They
1: killed her because our Queen Catherine, true to form, was like, I'm leaving town and I fake my death Ah. and Emily knows I'm alive. Loose end, ratted her out for witchcraft, which, you know... 19th century if you believe in vampires it's it's easy to be like witches are (laughs) the devil's playthings let's burn her at the stake
0: oh catherine Uh, let's talk about catherine because we're in this period now and we get some flashbacks around this time too so catherine iconic 500 year old vampire in town because i don't know fun well i mean in town because she's running from klaus but we don't know that yet in mystic falls just like having some fun, living her best Confederate South life. (laughs) With her quote-unquote handmaiden, Emily
1: Bennett, an African-American woman from, where is she from, New England?
0: Yeah, Salem. I guess. Because the Bennets are supposedly from Salem.
1: And her Asian bestie Pearl and Pearl's daughter Anna. I only mention their ethnicities because they're living in like Civil War era antebellum south and it's, no, yeah. it it, no. it colours the story weirdly. It very much
0: <laughs> raises some questions that the show is not invested in answering. <laughs> 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 but yes, yeah, she encounters these sons of the south, Stefan and Damon, oh, uh s- playing football s- on their colonial house lawn, and she's like, I'm going to make them mine because I'm a polyamorous queen ahead of my time she begins to court Stefan and Damon and the way it's spoken about I, I will try to be fair about it but it does give me a little bit of satisfaction of like it's clear from flashbacks that Damon is chasing after Catherine non-stop relentless hound can't get enough Stefan however is Mr. Hard to get is Mr. Prude mr oh i'm coquettish and shy i'm just a 17 year old boy and catherine that's catnip to her she's like yum yum i want more of that and so damon's after catherine catherine's after stefan catherine has to like keep damon happy essentially to try and make sure there's no consternation here and it doesn't ruin her fun while she's in mystic falls and i think that's wild it does turn out that throughout their relationship catherine has been feeding them her blood and compelling them
1: no 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 she's been feeding stefan blood and compelling him damon has been willingly drinking her blood
0: exactly that and i think that's interesting given where this all leads right because damon knew that catherine was a vampire I think he did drink her blood just as, I guess, part of, like, their fornication. That was fun. But also because he wanted to become a vampire. His hope was that Catherine would turn him and they would be together forever. So I think he was drinking her blood even if she wasn't compelling him. Yes. It's interesting that he was all about it from day one. And then Catherine gets, quote-unquote, killed in the burning of the vampires. But at that point, both of them have vampire blood in their system, so... While they try to rescue her and protect her, while he tries to go directly, Stefan says we should tell our dad, which we've talked at length about how stupid that is. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But in an effort to rescue her, they get shot by the man, the myth, the abuser himself, Giuseppe Salvatore, shotgun from a distance, just boom on both of them. And in their deaths, they become vampires stefan is the one who feeds first because he confronts his dad
1: stefan had decided to let himself die much like damon had and he was just coming to his father to just basically just say goodbye his father in that moment sees him and reveals that oh i how are you alive i know for a fact you're dead because i I killed killed you you. and then stefan is like wait what it was you (laughs) and then even though he's telling his father that I don't plan to complete the transition. I want to die. His father is like, I- I'm not going to wait for that to happen. I'm going to stake you right now. <laughs> and then when Stefan acts defensively, he accidentally fatally wounds his father, which makes him bleed. Stefan is drawn to the blood, drinks it and turns into a vampire, completing his transition.
0: Yeah, Which, you know. I mean, it's just Giuseppe's own fault. He could have just sat there and waited. <laughs> 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 Stefan becomes a vampire first. Then he is overtaken by what we will soon learn is his ripper side. He brings some assumedly foul noblewoman and says, Drink, brother. It's all fun on this side of humanity. Join me. And Damon's like, No, I, I don't want to know that Catherine's dead. <laughs> Stefan's like, I can't do this without you because I am a codependent 17 year old. Drink! And so he forces Damon to drink from this woman and to transition and become a vampire. The beginning of the end. Ah Truly the beginning of the end. This aspect of it, right? is interesting to me conceptually because all this bit about like Stefan being the one who forces Damon to drink comes up later when Stefan is starting to fall off the wagon later in season one. But it's interesting because it colors Stefan differently, right? Because up until this point, you know Stefan to be this moral good vampire. And this is when it's coming out that like actually when he gets a taste of human blood, he becomes far worse than even Damon is on a good day. And it presents this idea of like, What's a world in which Damon never transitioned and just died in 1864, right? Like a good 1% of the world population would still be alive. <laughs> like a whole bloodline would still be like present and accounted for. Looking at you, Whitmore family, we'll get to you. Perhaps even Stefan's
1: Ripper of Monterey thing would not have happened.
0: Would never have happened. Oh, that's so... What's a fix-it-fix where Damon doesn't exist in the whole sh-
1: stefan takes no for an answer and damon doesn't transition he dies and therefore stefan is the only one who gets told by emily after the fact that surprise Catherine's alive she told me
0: not to tell you until after you'd chosen to turn by yourselves And Stefan goes, well, I was being compelled the whole time, actually, so I don't want anything to do with Catherine. And Catherine, well, Catherine would still be out there because she was never in the tomb. But the tomb vampires never get out. Unless Anna succeeds. Because Anna was also vying to get the tomb open. And that's why I mentioned earlier Damon's like, I mean, obviously he was like dramatizing to make Elena uncomfortable. But Stefan, the moment he's out from under Catherine's control is like... That woman is a monster. (laughs) And I am out. And Damon continues to be for Catherine to present day. That man has carried the longest torch in human history. And it is both fascinating and embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) It's just something I want to say. But going on. Damon always wanted to be a vampire. He says as much. And that he wasn't compelled. And granted, it was for Catherine. So maybe it's not as compelling while he believes she's dead. Also, Damon loves being a vampire. In present day, his whole deal is that he revels in the experience. So it feels kind of weird to me to be like, your ultimate sin against me, Stefan, giving me the life that clearly I enjoy. I don't know how much that holds up as like Stefan forcing him to become a vampire. I mean, how much that holds up as like a grievance when you're clearly so much enjoying this lifestyle of being a vampire and are so... Not interested in becoming human again. Even when presented with that opportunity.
1: Damon is probably lying to himself and to Stefan. About That which I man? think is probable. About it being that I hate you for making me into this thing. Okay. It's your fault that I'm here. That's why I'm punishing you. That is probably him lying to one or both of them. But what is definite is at a later stage, and I can't remember when exactly it is, it must be either in season one or very early season two. But there is a conversation they have where Damon states that part of the reason why I hated you so much post-1864 was because
0: I hated the fact that Catherine chose to turn both of us. It should have just been me. So it's in season one and you say part of I want to be specific and quote, he says he never actually hated Stefan for turning him. He hated him because Catherine also turned Stefan. That is what he says. Ah. So he disregards the original statement, like you say. But then that will come up later in the show. That like, oh, Stefan forced Damon to become a vampire. So no matter how bad Damon gets, ultimately it's Stefan's fault, right? For forcing him to turn. And I think that's odd given these two facts. I guess coloring it that way is more Stefan's
1: point of view. That Stefan will always feel guilty for everything that vampire Damon does. Because Stefan convinced damon to complete the transition Mm. from damon's point of view because i don't think damon ever sits there blaming stefan for the bad things that he damon has done not not in all seriousness maybe to make stefan feel bad but i don't think damon like when we deal with the later seasons and it's like oh my sins are coming back to haunt me he doesn't sit there going well it's
0: your fault stefan (laughs) Uh, uh, i guess after that I just I should say during that, actually, because the first half of the Catherine stuff comes up early in season one. The second half where the conversation you're describing happens, happens in the like back end just before John Gilbert comes to town, because that's another like marker for the story. Stefan is off the rails because he was snatched by the tomb vampires who end up escaping the middle of the, oh, I guess, oh let me not roll past it. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's pretty significant. That's a pretty significant event. <laughs> and I know
1: you're not going to roll past it because you love this scene. Oh,
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's my favorite. Nothing in season one regarding Damon brought you greater joy than, than the, the opening of the tomb. <laughs>
0: Around the middle of season one, Elena gets run off the road by who we'll find out later is Noah, one of Anna's pseudo-himbos. Go back to the Anna episode. You'll find out who he is. (laughs) But she crashes, like, real violently. And Damon shows up and kidnaps her from the car wreck and drives her to Georgia, which is like, I don't... Okay, okay. Nobody seems too upset about this kidnapping except for Stefan. But he goes to Georgia to find this witch named Bree, played by icon Gina Torres. And he's looking for another way to get into this tomb where the vampires are sealed away. Because his original way to do it was through this pendant that Emily Bennett had that he retrieves from the Founders Party. Long story short, Bonnie's possessed by the spirit of Emily Bennett and Emily destroys the pendant so that Damon can't get into the tomb. I will note, Damon then attacks Bonnie in that scene out of spite and he intends to kill her in that scene. If Stefan doesn't pull her off and give her his vampire blood, Bonnie would have died. Now he's off to Bree. He's like, Bree, I need a way into this tomb. You're a witch. Help me out. She's like, sure. We're old flames? Old
1: friends slash F buddies. Okay. She mentions that back in her undergrad days, Damon was a lover, which sounds about right.
0: I do love how much taller than him she is because Gina Torres is just such a tall person. Not that it's a huge effort to be taller than damon we did find out he's 5'9 which isn't short listen there are shorter people on the cast of course Bree is in fact in cahoots with this guy whose name i forget but it's lexi's boyfriend the love of her life always forget his name (laughs) bless him he's really not that important but his struggle is righteous and i respect him for it elena moralizes to him and gets him to stop trying to kill Damon as he deserves so he leaves and of course Damon comes back and kills Brie for it but before killing her she tells him that you just need Emily's grimoire the spell to open the tube will be in there you can get any old witch to do it I think Stefan and Elena at this point are like looking to make a tentative truce or pretending to make a tentative truce to be like okay we'll help you get Catherine out of the tube but leave everyone else in there and then you and Catherine can disappear from Mystic Falls and live your life and then the rest of us will be safe They betray this truce because they find out where the grimoire is It's buried with Giuseppe Salvatore I guess after burning Emily Bennett alive And Damon figures out that they're lying to him And then that truce is over Eventually Oh, a bunch of plot lines converge on this tomb situation But like
1: There's the Anna of it all as well Right,
0: she's got her pseudo himbos. She's kidnapped Elena and Bonnie
1: I think she briefly aligns herself with Damon at some stage Because she's like, Damon... I also have a loved one in the tomb who's totally in the tomb, like Catherine is totally in the tomb. <laughs> and if you help me, we can totally get both of them out because they're both definitely in there.
0: Annabelle! <laughs> master manipulator. <laughs> <laughs> After Catherine's own heart, frankly, and I respect it. And yeah, at this point, Stefan and Elena have the grimoire and they, Bonnie and Sheila are opening the tomb. I don't know why. I think they were just like, you know what? Yes, we've lied to Damon.
1: And I think it was more Elena than Stefan who was like, no, Stefan, Damon is being bad because he feels hurt because we <laughs> lied to him. Let's actually do what we said we were going to do. Let's just let's just give him Catherine and they can ride off into the sunset. And then you and I can be happy because your homicidal brother is gone. Anna piggybacks off their plan and is like, surprise. <laughs> Bet you thought you'd
0: have the last of me. <laughs> but yeah, it is... It more often is Stefan refusing to like accept that Damon is a net negative in any scenario. Elena starts to become this person who's like, he's hurting and he's struggling. He's murdered a dozen people in like the last two days. He's just acting out because he's sad and we need to help him. I am sad that I broke his trust. It's like he killed Stefan's best friend. Two episodes ago He sexually yes. assaulted your best friend Where are we Elena In this in the scale of yours I'm trying to understand personally. Even
1: in the episode with Brie And Lexi's boyfriend Who by the way his name is Lee oh. Which is not only a forgettable name But I love that in that episode we're introduced To two new characters named Brie and Lee That's just <laughs> Creativity at a peak in the writer's room <laughs> They were like the witch is named Brie She's friends with this dude who dated Lexi Bree, Lexi, and Lee Lee!
0: (laughs) I bet they had a fun time In the 90s when they were all hanging out Oh my lord (laughs) But it is Elena
1: who saves Damon From being murdered by Lexi's boyfriend Who got the upper hand on him He's able to beat Damon up, douse him in gasoline And almost sets him on fire Before Elena's like, no please, please don't do this What would
0: Lexi think? And I'm like, Lexi Lexi would want want him dead (laughs) Lexi would kill him herself. Elena, what are you talking about?
1: (laughs) Well, Lexi probably wouldn't because she knows about, you know, Stefan and his brother, his cycle of brotherhood. But that was the first time that Elena was like, oh, this person doesn't deserve to die. Despite the fact that at that point, Damon hasn't done much in the way of, Good. Like, at that point, I guess he's compelled away Jeremy's memories of Vicky. That's about it. Which, from Elena's point of view, is a good thing. It really
0: is just from, she's spoken to Damon more than twice, and now she's, like, been grandfathered into this relationship. I say this with a generous word. She's into it. She's, like, all in with Damon. But in my opinion, like, if I have to read this in a way that makes me feel any type of sympathy for Elena, it's that, like, it's her boyfriend's brother. He's clearly not going anywhere. Yes, our boyfriend is invested in maintaining this relationship, so I've gotta, like, find some common ground with him. That's how I'm choosing in yes. my delusional mind to read it.
1: Although, is Stefan not feeling murderous in the immediate aftermath of Lexi's death?
0: Who is it who talks him down from going after Damon? Is it Elena? It's at the end of the episode that he kills Lexi, when he's ready to kill him. He's like, I was wrong. Damon's not worth it. And I'm like, Yes! Yes he's killed your best friend This should set you <laughs> over the edge And Elena talks him down You're right She's like What will you do after You'll feel bad blah, blah, blah. And I guess she's right In that like Stefan would never forgive himself But it's like God maybe that's worth it To get rid of this guy Maybe that's okay
1: If I'm defending Elena it, I guess her thing was Don't do this Stefan Because it will be bad for you yeah. you will destroy yourself with guilt she knows she's dating a sad boy <laughs> she <was> like, <laughs> she's like this is gonna make you even more emo
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's like you're already at a level that it's like if you were a percent higher this would be cringy <laughs> like i can't have you skyrocketing in sad levels my boy yeah that's fair that's that fair. said
1: okay. brie's death is on elena's hands because she oh.
0: gets lee to spare him and then he immediately Absolutely. goes and murders Bree. <laughs> She's at the very least complicit And at most she aided and abetted in Bree's murder I will (laughs) write that down on the record Your honor Note that on the record I forgot we're in court And then Damon
1: Damon just leaves Georgia with Elena Not telling her that Oh by the way that woman that we just met That you just met today I
0: killed her in cold blood Ripped her heart out (laughs) So they all work together kind of to open the tomb. Largely Bonnie and her grams well, are cracking it Anna up. just hangs in the
1: background waiting for them to finish the school project so that she can go and collect Yeah, marks. she's like,
0: I've put Jeremy in danger. You can either stop me from getting in there or save him. Your choice. Damon gets in. Anna gets in. Damon searches and searches and searches and searches. And by God, would you believe it? His true love Catherine Pierce isn't in the (laughs) tomb.
1: He's shocked and horrified and heartbroken and gagged and screaming she's
0: not here. throws a blood bag against the wall
1: throws the blood bag that he brought to feed her which I, I love in the moment when he shows up with the blood bag and Stefan and Elena are like what's that and he's like well Catherine's gonna be hungry after 145 years would you rather it was a person <laughs> and
0: it's they're like, like you what? know what the bar is in hell the bar this is good- subterranean <laughs> but this is impressive frankly
1: it's his little tantrum that leads the other tomb vampires having a blood source once he flings it against the wall I like that Um, not not that I like I don't like it but it's <laughs> worth pointing out that once again this scene is an example of Elena deciding that Damon is super important because when the Bennett witches <sighs> Grams and Bonnie have revealed that, hee we were never going to let those monsters tomb vampires escape. We opened the seal or we opened the door rather that was magically shut but the magical barrier stopping vampires from leaving is very much still there so Damon has gone in to go get Catherine and he's not going to come out and I think it's actually Damon that goes in with elena sort of as a contingency because he doesn't quite Why? trust the Bennett witches stefan hangs back anna slips in afterwards and when anna because uh, damon wanders off inside the tomb and leaves elena like sort of by herself in another part of the tomb anna then finds her there that's when she attacks elena her scream alerts stefan who zips inside knowing that he won't be able to get back out and then eventually, that that's what leads to the whole. Oh, the men at which is now need to lower the door to get Stefan out because shame, Stefan's a good guy; he deserves to be allowed to escape. <laughs> which I guess is lucky for Anna. Anna was just along for the ride because if if they hadn't been trying to lower the seal for she Stefan, tra- she would have
0: also been stuck in. There. She would have been stuck there forever, bless her heart. So, Captain's down in the tube. Sheila and Barney reopen the seal to get them all out. Damon's in a hissy fit. He attacks Anna and Pearl because apparently they can't be happy if he isn't. And Anna tells him, dude, Catherine has been around. Catherine has been living her life for 150 years. And she doesn't give a whit About you. Yep. So I don't know what you're doing by me. Get off. She's
1: like, I saw her in the 80s and she knew where you... I don't know if Anna spoke to her. That's a a great mystery that we can discuss in a Catherine episode.
0: Beyond this point, he starts to spiral. He is heavily drinking. He's feeding on people willy-nilly. He's just being a mess. This is when... The Isabel stuff starts to come out mm. because Elena's found out she's adopted. I forget how Isabel exactly comes into the story. Um, oh Rick, because Rick's come to town searching if, yeah, it's, for Isabel. It's the it's the Rick of it all. And with all the shenanigans happening with this Isabel situation, he is convinced that because Isabel is tied to Catherine, that in actual fact, Catherine has sent Isabel to town to look for him, and Catherine still cares about him. It's all still fine. <laughs> it's all gonna be okay. Denial. <laughs> That's
1: Denial is a river in Egypt.
0: So funny to watch him just like completely delude himself.
1: Alore comes to town after Damon has killed Mr. Tanner, the original douchey history teacher. He's the new history teacher, but he's secretly a vampire hunter. He knows exactly who Damon Salvatore is. He knows the secret of Vervain, and therefore he's able to avoid Damon's compulsion when Damon is like, you're acting fishy, mind control. Tell me what you're really up to. And Alaric is like, I'm just a history teacher. (laughs) But he's like holding Vervain, like clutched in his fist. I think Alaric, it might be Stefan that he eventually tells. Yes. That my wife was murdered by a vampire, and that vampire was Damon Salvatore
0: yeah stefan confronts him in the classroom where he's got like an airsoft rifle of stakes which i thought was hilarious ah, yes, but also yes.
1: cool <laughs> at that point stefan is still kind of mad at Damon, or sees him as enough of a threat that he's like look i'm not gonna say don't kill my brother because i don't want him dead at least you know at surface level i'm gonna say don't try and kill my brother because he will kill you without blinking and i don't want you to be dead yeah <laughs> you seem like a nice guy I,
0: this is for your safety and security do not antagonize him you will die
1: Alaric doesn't listen, tries to kill Damon at a later stage. Damon murders him without thinking and Alaric resurrects because of a ring on his finger that a flashback reveals his wife gave to him before she disappeared and was presumed dead, telling him that it would protect him from quote-unquote all the things that go
0: bump in the night. His wife, Isabel, turns out to have gone to Damon to be turned into a vampire.
1: First they smashed, uh,
0: which I guess...
1: Alaric sort of caught them doing but because Damon likes to feed off the women that he has sex with when they're human Alaric sort of also saw them like he saw the whole feeding of it all and I think that's why he assumed when they disappeared that oh he He killed her her. Mm -hmm. Damon turns Isabel not knowing about her connection to Catherine but later on when they're uncovering all the Isabel stuff he's like oh Catherine sent Isabel to me back then when I turned her because isabel wanted to become a vampire and i guess catherine was like oh let me let me throw Damon a bone i think that's when he starts deluding himself into thinking that there's still some catherine connection here
0: so the tomb vampires who attack the Salvatore home because founding families we hate them they try to burn us and one of them gets killed and then the remaining one is like how dare they kill her when we broke into their house <laughs> yes, i think it was ben. beth Ann. Bethan gets i love it murdered. It's, that, it's that pearl is
1: playing house with the tomb vampires in town pearl is like i'm trying to be peaceful here yes i gouged out Damon's eyes the other day but for the most part i'm trying to be peaceful let's not fight with the salvators or anyone else <laughs> stay inside and then they're like yeah we're not gonna do that they immediately go to attack the salvators <laughs> at sundown and Ann gets killed and she is the lover of the sort of leader of the unruly contingent of tomb vampires. I forget
0: his name also. Frederick? Frederick. Is it Frederick? Yes. Okay. So Frederick get some guys together and they kidnap stefan and retaliation for them defending themselves from him (laughs) as you you said how dare you defend yourself like how dare you not die (laughs) so they kidnap stefan they bleed him out they torture him damon rick and elena go to rescue him uh well damon and rick are going to rescue him because damon as usual and as will always be sidelines elena in the situation
1: interestingly i think this is the first time that damon allies himself with rick yes he goes to rick at this point i think he's realized that rick has resurrected from his attempted murder of him and is like hey i know you hate me for whatever (laughs) um but i need a vampire hunter because i can't take on a house full of uh tomb vamps on my own and i'm definitely not asking elena for help so (laughs) wanna go on a little road trip also you can't die which is great (laughs) you know you have your stakes And your, your Your cute little weapons You've got your Resurrection ring Let's go
0: Kill some vampires And they go And they kill some vampires Well Really to initiate it He kills Miss Gibbons The one human in the house <laughs> So that he can break the spell that stops them from ent- vampires from entering a human
1: home. So that's you know he makes Alaric complicit in that murder because he's like, get her outside the house, please. Because <laughs> Alaric can of course enter. Alaric leads her out, and then Damon's like, okay, quick question: Does anybody else live in this house? Do you have any relatives or family who might inherit the house upon your death?
0: She goes, no. no. He snaps her neck. <laughs> I'm just a middle aged woman trying my best in the southern town. I'm dead. <laughs> They head in, they try to stealth it. It's truly that video game mission where you try to stealth and then it goes so wrong because you're not good at stealth Mm. and it ends up in a huge brawl. But Elena sneaks in anyway, even though Damon shouts at her to stay in the car. She's like, no, I can help. I grab a vervain syringe. I go downstairs into the basement. I'm about to vervain a vampire. Damon comes in and steals my thunder. (laughs) So, like, (laughs) this instance, this, like, sequence of them infiltrating the tomb vampires, like, halfway house sets the foundation of what Damon and Elena's relationship will be for pretty much the rest of the show until maybe season six is where that starts to soften. But, like, he's not interested in her having any agency like at all she gets stefan they pull him out from the chains Uh, Stefan helps Harper get out or asks Elena to help Harper get out because Harper's also Harper, one of the tomb vampires, who's like the only good one, I guess. One of the good ones. We love you. Oh, (laughs) no! (laughs) I knew what I was saying. Oh, go back to the Anna episode. So Elena's getting Stefan out, but he's real weak and he's been bled out and Frederick attacks them. He's forced to drink Elena's blood to survive because Elena, who has been very gung-ho to get involved jabs frederick in the back with vervain and knocks him down and then she's like feed on me stefan it's the only way we're getting out of this and she gives him her blood he gets up Manic frenzy. I forget if he stakes him or between him and Elena. No, he stakes him because he grabs a tree branch and shoves it in and then keeps shoving it in and then keeps shoving it in. (laughs) And then as he's dying, Elena calls for him and he turns around. He's got his fangs bared and he looks more like animalistic than you've ever seen Stefan before. And it's like, oh, this is why he doesn't drink human blood. So, Stefan is trying to now conceal the fact that that moment of drinking Elena's blood has affected him a lot. He is slowly going off the rails. And guess what Damon does in the face of that? (coughs) In the face of his brother's addiction spiraling out of control, he places the drugs in front of Stefan and says, eat and be merry. (laughs) he taunts stefan throughout his like like stefan's busy trying to ground himself he's trying to he's like working out and like drinking to try and distract himself from the cravings and damon's like i don't know what you're doing all this for if you just drank like a normal vampire you'd be fine and it's like yeah if an alcoholic just drank one drink a night and stopped He'll be okay.
1: In defense of Damon, I guess this will, is, is this my first proper in defense of Damon.
0: <laughs> yeah, because I was about to shout on this, but this is what we're here for.
1: <laughs> in defense of Damon, I will say that the term Ripper had not been brought up at this point, And Stefan's relationship with bloodlust and human blood had not yet been explicitly colored as an addiction that is specific to him and not vampirism on the whole so at least from Damon's point of view maybe in the writing room but definitely from Damon's point of view while as the as season 1 was being presented to us it's possible that Damon was seeing it as you lack control because all vampires lack control when they are new but you never went through the bad period and then learned how to control it so i don't think at least at this point that Damon in season one, if you if you look at the show as a whole, the flashbacks, Damon should have known this. As Damon is being written in season one, I don't think he's aware that this is something that Stefan specifically can't control because of how he's built and not just, oh, you you didn't you didn't go through it when you were supposed to go through it and now you don't know how to handle it. I'm just trying to push you off that ledge and just get you past it so that you can grow up.
0: If we're looking at it solely through the context of season one as some standalone story that we get no future context of because like you say later on the show damon's the one to tell elena once stefan's with klaus that he used to be the ripper of monterey he because he couldn't control his bloodlust he would drink from people so hard that he would tear their heads off and then once he was out of the fugue would realize what he'd done and try to put them back together That is the level of, like, problem we're dealing with when it comes to Stefan and drinking human blood. So, with that knowledge, this scene is awful on the part of Damon. But, if we disregard that knowledge, the first time he does it's fine. Is Damon fine, I'll say, to qualify it. It's fine (laughs) in, like, the vein of how Damon acts. When he does it at the end of the episode, it's malicious because it's very clear that stefan is like off the rails he's like losing it because he puts that glass at the end in the beginning to be like oh i accidentally left a glass of blood and then while stefan is like sweating staring at that glass there and comes back is like oh me oh my i forgot it (laughs) at the end he comes back and sees stefan completely just like vacant in the eyes just like standing in a room, just like Blair Witch style. And Damon goes, Oh, you're not okay, huh? And Stefan doesn't respond because he's so gone. And then he puts the glass down and he smirks and says, Good night, brother, and leaves. And I don't think you can view that scene as anything but malicious. I don't think you can view that scene as anything but Damon trying to worsen Stefan's blood addiction. I don't, this will. I will say, again, in Damon's defense, because I am also on the defense council. There are many times that Damon worsens Stefan's addiction in future. This is the only one that I think is malicious. The rest of them, he's just dumb. (laughs) He's just stupid and doesn't understand how addiction works. I think
1: malicious in that Damon knows this is something Stefan doesn't want. From Damon's point of view, Damon doesn't value human life. He doesn't care that Stefan will lose control and hurt people. Damon sees this as, my brother just needs to grow the hell up and learn how to be a proper vampire and get over himself. And if this is the only way how,
0: so be it. The thing is, my crack theory, because we've gone back and forth about, well, I say back and forth, it was very briefly, about season one, Delena. And I fully believe that Damon is romantically interested in Elena by at least. at least around the Georgia episode. Ah. Uh. And so my like tinfoil hat theory is that Damon did this to like expose Stefan's true nature to Elena and like ruin what they've got going on. I cannot prove this within the text specifically, but like I just. it feels like. At the very least, his intent is to be like, and this is something that comes up later too, you think you're better than me, let me show you by bringing you down to my level, you're no better than me. You think, oh, with your your human girlfriend and your animal blood drinking that you're so much better. No, you're just as bad as me. You're just as monstrous as me. And I think it's linked to his romantic interest in Elena. And there's some energy there where he's like, I want to ruin this for him. I don't know. Because then after that, it's like Stefan's off the rails and then Damon shows up at that dance, the like founder's dance that Elena's at to like rescue her from the shame of being stood up at the Miss Mystic. I'm like, okay. (laughs) I don't know if that's like the most important thing in the world to me. I don't know if,
1: if Damon was explicitly interested in Elena at this point. But I do, I do think that what you're saying holds merit. I think definitely at at the very least, he is jealous of what Elena and Stefan have because he's just realized that Catherine has been lying to him for a century and a half, did not care about him enough to even at least come and break his heart in person. She's just been doing whatever the hell she's been doing because at this point he doesn't know about Klaus or any of that. He does not know why Catherine would just abscond without saying another word. And I think he he's bitter at Stefan because of the whole, oh, we shared a girlfriend thing. Now you have moved on. I'm the one who continued to hold the torch for this woman and was being lied to the whole time. Mm. Whereas you have now moved on with her literal doppelganger. <laughs> and you're so happy. <laughs> but you're only happy because this human girl doesn't realize that vampires and humans are incompatible because we are so much better than them. And in their eyes, we are monsters. Let me show her... That you're a monster let me show you that you're a monster because if i can't be happy no one can be happy
0: i i do think that that is a valid reading i just personally disagree on the fact that like he's not interested in her romantically at this point i think he fully is really in the in this like last arc there's not really any big stuff that happens with Damon that's not just like active plot right it's like the tomb vampires it's isabel
1: yeah it's It's Damon showing up for Elena at the Miss Mystic dance when Stefan is unavailable. He's what? He's off near the woods trying not to kill that girl. Because of
0: who, Damon? (laughs) Because of who? you son
1: of a bitch that is important because because from elena's point of view that was the first moment where she started to feel something for damon she says much much later on
0: that's why it pisses me off not to bring it to a place of like stelena and delena because i'm so not interested in that dichotomy we will be talking about delena but as its own thing because i think i don't Dislike disliked Elena because of the fall of Stelena, even though the fall of Stelena at that time made me very sad. I disliked Elena as its own thing of its own merit. But this moment being the moment that was the inception on Elena's part, when the reason Stefan wasn't available is because of Damon. Just like rubs me the wrong way, right? Yeah. It adds to the just general sense of like Damon showing up, messing Stefan up. And then swooping in and taking the girl, getting the girl, as Rick will say later on, which is just like, if I ever hear that phrase again, I'll throw up. But regardless, <laughs> that's the there, thing that upsets me There are two me
1: straight men of a certain age. I am not surprised <laughs> at them using a phrase like that. Fair enough. Rick is like, what, a, a Gen
0: X and Damon is from 1864. So Remind me. <laughs> Damon, the original boomer. But yeah, um, sorry, what was I saying we're getting to because there's not much Damon stuff in this sort of last author? So yeah, it's just it's just running
1: around looking for various MacGuffins. Yeah. It's, you know, the Gilbert, Gilbert compass has a, has a piece in it that will be attached to the Gilbert device yeah. that will neutralize the vampires with its sonic noise. Damon's been playing chicken with Isabel and losing. He's (laughs) Um, losing so
0: bad. Yeah, John Gilbert's in town and causing problems and ruckus. All of that.
1: John Gilbert is like, Isabel's a vampire, but I'll allow that for now. Any other vampire is terrible, including the two vampires that are involved with my biological daughter. Hey, Isabel, Ah! let's kill them both. And Isabel's like, I'm I'm here to kill the two vampires anyway. So sure, let's kill Stefan and Damon. Which put a pin in that Because that's interesting to me That John was very much like I want to kill the Salvatore brothers When we kill the tomb vampires And Isabel is working for Catherine And I'm like hmm Interesting
0: I guess maybe Catherine didn't know about that little caveat Or are you saying that like What would have happened if Catherine found out
1: Either Isabel was not taking John seriously Or she was like this man is so useless He'll probably fail Uh (laughs) Or she for her part Didn't care And was like, "Ah, I guess maybe... Because they're besties. Maybe Catherine had told her... No, I still hold the torch for Stefan. I've been stalking him on on and off for 145 years. Mm. Um, But Isabel was thinking... I know Catherine's main priority is the whole Klaus situation. So if Stefan dies, eh, she'll get over it. Or Isabel was aware, but didn't tell Catherine.
0: Yeah, that's that's the one I'm leaning towards because Isabel strikes me as a character who likes to hold the information. Granted, when she comes back in season two and she's beholden to greater forces, (laughs) kind of tough to do that. But she definitely gives that effect.
1: Damon almost dies along with the other remaining tomb vamps. Stefan has managed to get away with Rick's help. John stakes Anna in front of Damon, so he's definitely aware that Damon is there,
0: and I guess he just leaves Damon to die. <laughs> Which is crazy to me that, like, oh, you hated the choose so much that you staked her, <laughs> but the person you were told explicitly to make sure is dead, oh, wow, well, we're leaving him to burn. What's, what's that about? john gilbert
1: i do believe that if isabel knew anna was still in town which i guess john would have told her because anna was my lord that girl was not leaving when she should have left yes. um yeah. i assume that if isabel knew anna was in town catherine would have been like oh yeah and her too yeah <laughs> she she's also a please kill her too <laughs> <laughs> That's so real damon witnesses anna's death and later on claims to feel bad about it and wish that he could save her and i'm
0: like okay <sighs> if you say so I <laughs> I can't prove that that's not true. I don't buy that bullshit. But narratively, it does feel like a turning point. Or at least like where he turned five degrees halfway through season one. This is the turning point of like, okay, we've got bigger problems to deal with than me like antagonizing these people all the time. Especially now that Catherine's coming in and, like, season two, the door gets kicked open to the world. Yeah. It's more beneficial to his survival to be, like, in it with the Mystic Falls gang than to be his own entity occasionally against them.
1: Speaking of people who want Damon dead by the finale, (laughs) Bonnie helps that Gilbert contraption do its thing by pretending to
0: unspell it knowing full well that when it's used trolley question she leaves the gilbert thing to do its own thing she doesn't change anything no
1: she specifically pretends to unspell it because they bring it to her to unspell it and later on in the stinger of the episode i think she tells caroline without going into detail that i lied about something today Caroline doesn't know shit yeah (laughs) she's like i lied about something today and if elena Knew she might never forgive me, knowing that this device could kill Damon. Who I guess Bonnie might think Damon doesn't matter to Elena, but Stefan, who she knows Elena's in love with.
0: But I'm saying through inaction, not through action. I just want to spend. She just <laughs> through
1: through inaction and and deceit because she said yeah, Grams would never have done it, and she's right. And at this stage, Bonnie very much blames Damon's shenanigans of trying to get Katherine out of a tomb she was never in for the fact that her grandmother died doing witchy mojo on this too
0: i do too which
1: yeah absolutely fair deciding that stefan is collateral damage a little bit unfair but you're grieving girl i understand <sighs> yeah i understand
0: yeah i get it no i honestly i in the in the trajectory that i have in my mind for bonnie i like that also stefan okay because stefan's also part of the problem
1: he is in that he is usually the reason why damon is not left to die when he could
0: exactly He is always invested in Damon, no matter how bad the threat of Damon is. And that
1: is a problem. Brotherhood, man. But Elena manages to get Stefan and Bonnie by doing some anti-fire magic to allow her to save Damon.
0: I thought it was really cool. I thought it was really cool because... Normally with magic, right, when you link people, it's usually like blood. Like she will sometimes in future, because Bonnie hasn't done that much magic in season one, but like she'll go, Jeremy, you need to give me your blood so we can track down Elena because you two are related by blood. But like this one, it's like the bond between Stefan and Elena is so strong that she can grab Elena and do a spell And lower the fire around Stefan so he can get into that room. It's
1: true love. (laughs)
0: Exactly! (laughs) That's what I'm saying! Anyway. Uh, What
1: I like about Bonnie in this finale is in the aftermath, when Damon has been saved and, you know, all the unimportant characters are dead. All right. Uh (laughs) Bonnie tells Stefan that, uh, you saw what I did with the fire today. I realize who I am now. I'm powerful. And I am going to protect this town from supernatural threats. If you're going to stay here... It's fine. I can count you as one of the good ones. But then things need to change. Damon needs to change. If he spills one drop of innocent blood... I will take him down. And I love that. That is how Bonnie ends season one. Yeah. In relation to Damon, especially considering where things go. It's a very good scene. So what else happens in the finale before, before before the big thing, I guess, I guess it's that Damon tells Jeremy vampires can turn off their humanity, (laughs) which.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's, you know, that's whatever. That's uh, a, that's a revelation in terms of world building. The important part of that bit for me is when he apologizes to Jeremy For his part in what happened with Vicky. And I guess at this point it's like, again, bars in hell, an apology from Damon is just like manna from heaven. (laughs) But also his part in what happened to Vicky. He is the reason Vicky happened. Like, for as much as all the stuff that follows afterwards, like, Damon's the one who attacks her at the beginning. That's how the show opens. That's how you know he's in town. He's feeding off of her. He's terrorizing her. He's compelling her to, like, forget things. And then he's the one who kills her and turns her into a vampire. Without him, none of the things that happened to Vicky would have happened. So I just think it's interesting that, like, even in this accountability for Damon is such it's such a foreign concept that even in this moment of like somber sincerity
1: i guess the narrative when when discussing someone like damon i had to treat the narrative like the other main character in vampire diaries because lord knows the story cannot continue without this yeah <laughs> this narrative i guess i guess the narrative wants to treat it as Damon didn't kill Vicky the second time. Dad. That was Stefan in self-defense. And Vicky's lack of self-control is what led to all of this. So that's why he's saying for his part in it. Because it wasn't really his fault. And we we know that seasons later when Damon brings up you know the accountability of this vicky's thing again he then blames it on Catherine. so yeah
0: which i mean
1: he blames he blames it on Catherine after jeremy does but he he was he was all too happy to agree
0: that's what i'm saying of like any opportunity to point the finger at something or someone else rather than damon himself he'll take it by the end of the finale i guess is the big thing you were talking about which is the big thing a bunch of stuff has happened Caroline's in hospital. Jeremy is enacting a vampire turning plot upstairs. A lot of stuff has happened. I guess he's outside the cell, the, the Gilbert house, waiting for Elena to come home. She arrives in her in her antebellum-era dress <coughs> that she had been wearing
1: for the founder's party earlier on.
0: No, she she's wearing like a jacket. It's like an angular, like the lapels are pointing outwards. The shoulders are very boxy. Watching it again, maybe it's because I know what happens, but it feels very odd, the apparel. She speaks
1: to Damon and Damon has his little heartfelt moment of, you know how I started off season one as a villain. <laughs> You were just a little plaything for me to antagonize because of my brother. And obviously I was like, you know, you look like Catherine, and that was interesting, but you were beneath me. The truth is, I have come to care about you as a person, and shockingly, you've come to care about me. You actually asked Bonnie and your dad, your biological dad, to rescue me from burning alive. Which means somewhere along the line, you decided I was worth saving. And I love that while Damon is speaking, Elena. <coughs> is standing there just being very receptive not saying much it's like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna speak like she interjects a few times to be like damon <laughs> like just saying his name not really saying anything that would give away what her thoughts are and he's like No, no no, no i have to say this <laughs> and then i guess emotions boil over and he kisses her For the first time, solidifying the fact that Damon is definitely romantically interested in Elena, even though he knows that that is his brother's girlfriend and that they have been down this road before. And Elena, to the shock of the audience, kisses (laughs) him back. (laughs) And the kiss is passionate and heavy. And then the door opens and Aunt Jenna is standing on the stoop being like, uh, girl. I think it's time to come inside. What's going on? Like, (laughs) come inside this house right now. And she doesn't say it, but you can tell she's thinking, Girl, this is your boyfriend's... Your boyfriend's brother. Like, what? (laughs) (laughs) This isn't you. Uh, Ajana is like, I'm a post-grad. I've seen this messy stuff. My college days are not even over yet. You don't want to do this.
0: Before, Before we get too far away from it, while we're in this Elena of it all, the point you make of knowing this is his brother's girlfriend, I know there's the argument of like, we're vampires and our emotions are heightened and blah, blah, blah. But it's like, there's a lack of respect... For me, of like, of Stefan and of Elena and of their relationship. That it's like, knowing this, you came here and you kissed her. And you'll continue to like, pursue, not actively, but like, push the boundaries of this dynamic throughout season two. Knowing that the two of them are together and are like, it. They're not like, ambiguous. They're not whatever. They're like, in love. It feels like a trivial thing compared to all the other stuff is done but i was really thinking about it this week of like wow it feels like you just don't respect your brother enough that you're like after his girl i hate saying that even too but it feels like you don't respect elena enough who's in this relationship with your brother yeah
1: well i mean then we get the iconic reveal that it is not elena at all but (laughs) catherine pierce (laughs) <laughs> the myth, the legend, the, legend, the, the baddest, baddest bitch in town, newly arrived. <laughs> um, which I guess in that moment, it must have been such a shock for the audience who would have been thinking, oh my gosh. We, <laughs> knowing the history of the book and seeing the trajectory of the show, it was clear that's where they were going with a love triangle angle. Yes. But it must have still been surprising to be like, Elena's kissing Damon back. Elena, what's happening?
0: It felt like a <laughs> leap on Elena's part to be like, she would kiss him back at this point i guess after the mystic falls pageant right it's like oh something's changed yeah so i guess maybe i can't say i remember the first time i watched it if i was like gasp or if i was figuring it out it must have been a wild time i mean i obviously when i watched season one i already knew all of this so (laughs) i i never had that experience but i i didn't even though I started at the end of season two and then watched until season six and then went back to season one. I didn't know about the reveal.
1: Uh, I had read up on stuff, I think. So I think that's why I knew it was coming. But yeah, you you see Elena later on arriving at her house on the phone with Stefan saying, somebody stole my clothes. <laughs> but by then, Damon is gone. And I think that's the last you see of Damon in the first season. You you now know that Catherine, his his kryptonite is
0: back in town. <laughs> Just to mention the Catherine thing, because you said she was wearing the getup. I think she was holding the clothes. The, like, Miss Mystic, oh. I mean, the, like, Founders Party, like... Colonial get up. She was wearing like this boxy jacket with rolled up sleeves and she had the wavy hair. And I was like, well now I know as i as I watched it, and I was like, that really doesn't look like Elena, does it? Like that's not a jacket she would wear. And she shows up later wearing one of her iconic cardigans, and it's like, yeah, that looks like Elena.
1: <laughs> I guess the twist was that Elena had done her hair in that way that day Mm. she had made her hair wavy curly for the event
0: but yeah that is the last time we see damon in season one and so at this point i would like to read out damon's rap sheet. (laughs) i have made a rap sheet for damon by season of the people he kills the people he maims And just the like generally bad stuff that he does. Sprinkled in is some subjective stuff where I'm like, I'm annoyed by this to a point where I'm equating it to a crime he's perpetrated. So I'm putting it on here. These are being entered into the record. It is up to you, judge, to determine whether they are valid as evidence or they should be disregarded and stricken. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number one. Killed Darren Malloy and Brooke Fenton at the beginning of the show. The two college kids were killed in episode one. I was about to say, who and who? (laughs) (laughs) This is the thing. They're just complete randoms. I think the girl says Darren when he gets snatched away. Because they're like driving down the road. It's also
1: on the news. Yeah, it's on the news when their deaths are being reported. So,
0: two kills, first episode. He also attacks Vicky Donovan in the woods near the end. Episode two. He kills a, a couple that's camping to see the comet for food. Terrorizes Vicky Donovan. All caps I've written, terrorizing, abusing, and sexually assaulting Caroline Forbes through mental compulsion. Episode 3, invading Elena's dreams with sexual intent. There is a scene where, because he's been invited into Elena's house now, where he uses his mental powers to, like, put a sex dream in Elena's mind that she's having about Stefan. And then as Stefan pulls his shirt off, he replaces Stefan with himself. It's, it feels silly haha in a way, but when you think about it, it's kind of messed up. It's like framed like, oh god, Elena's having a sex dream about Damon because she's drawn to him. But later in that episode, and I've noted here, attempting sexual coercion through compulsion on Elena. Because Elena, who is wearing her iconic necklace that Stefan gave to her that has Vervain on it, Damon tries to compel her after some sort of event at nighttime. Because Elena's calling him out being like, you're always like double speaking. You're always putting an alternate meaning behind everything you say. You're actively trying to make me uncomfortable. And Damon's like, well, I know you find me irresistible. I know you dream about me. And that's when I'm like, you put the goddamn dream in her head. Uh... You creep. And he says, you can't, you think about me. You can't resist me. And right now you want to kiss me. And he tries to compel her to kiss him. And because of the vervain, it doesn't take. And she slaps him. So that's what I want to note. He then, at the end of the episode, kills William Tanner, history teacher, to prove a point to Stefan. I guess because Stefan's still like, listen, man, I know you've got your humanity in there. Deep down, though it may be. And Damon's like, oh, really? Truly grabs William Tanner, who was just walking past,
1: (laughs) and rips into his throat. (laughs) So I must must remember that Mr. Tanner is the first example of... Damon's going to do something bad to show us how bad he
0: is. Yeah.
1: (laughs) He murdered this random teacher.
0: Episode five, he kills Zach Salvatore to get out of the cellar. He kills three of Vicky's friends. Well, all of Vicky's friends, but there were three of them for food. And he kills Vicky Donovan for fun. Episode six, he kills Logan Fowle. This is to protect Stefan. So, you know, noted. Episode eight, he killed some, I guess, pseudo rapist at a bar so at least he picked a bad guy i don't know but to incriminate lexi to throw her under the bus um as the vampire in town he then kills lexi branson to get the council off his back she's also in all caps episode nine attempting to kill barney after emily bennett destroys the amber pendant oh episode 10 i was under the impression that he's the one who ran elena off the road i've since realized it was noah so we'll strike that from the record because i was like why is he crashing her off the road He will do it later, though. 11. Kidnapping Elena. (laughs) Going to Georgia. Also, killing Bree for trying to avenge Lexi. Episode 13. Force-feeding Elena his blood and threatening to turn her into a vampire. (laughs) This is not the last time he'll do it! (laughs) (laughs) Episode 14. Attempting to kill Anna and Pearl after he finds out Catherine was never in the tube. I am counting Sheila Bennett. This is very subjective. And technically wouldn't fly in the court of law. But like I said, we're in a kangaroo court here. And what we say goes. Uh, Judge, your are ruling. I, I feel a little shaky
1: on that one with the Sheila thing. It's definitely because of his actions that she dies. But he did not intentionally do anything to harm Sheila Bennett. That resulted in her death.
0: I will say, as the judge of the court, you have full veto power to remove this from the list.
1: I I would like Sheila Bennett's death stricken from
0: the list of things that are directly Damon's fault. So stricken. Episode 15. Keeping two random college girls around to feed on in his house. He does say to Stefan, don't worry, I won't kill them. I'll compel them and send them back to their dorms." So, you know, I guess that's fine. Kills Alaric Saltzman, who is after him because of Isabel. He comes back. He didn't know that though. Episode seventeen kills Miss Gibbons, the tomb vampire's human familiar, to get into the house. He then kills two tomb vampires to rescue Stefan. So you know, also I, the kills I list just to count the kills, not necessarily as a measure of like is it good or bad. Yeah, or the tomb
1: the tomb vampires definitely had it coming. And yeah, Miss they Gibbons. Suck as far as damon is concerned is the definition of collateral damage
0: as far as i'm concerned you were wrong for that damon miss gibbons was lovely (laughs) (laughs) Um, episode 18 actively worsening Stefan's struggle with blood addiction also kills john gilbert to eliminate a threat he comes back (laughs) (laughs) and in episode 20 he kills henry wattles One of the tomb vampires and an old war buddy of his. This is to keep him from exposing him and Alaric to John.
1: I was about to say shame, but if Henry was a confederate soldier...
0: eh. So, we'll get to it because that's interesting. Because believe it or not, Henry comes back twice in this show. He's such a nothing character in season one. (laughs) But they bring him out when we need to, like, analyze Damon's morality. But that is the full rap sheet for season one. 20 kills in total. I will say season one and i mean it makes sense if you don't count stuff he's done under the sway of the sirens and you don't count stuff from flashbacks if we're counting what he does in the time period of the season this is his longest rap sheet
1: which makes sense season one for most of the season he is specifically being written as a villain exactly who then starts to become a bit more morally gray As we get towards the end because he secretly has cared about Stefan the
0: whole time and he starts to care about Elena. Right. With that transition, we head off into season two. Season two opens and through some awkward discussion between Damon, Elena and Stefan, they realize that Catherine is actually back. There is a punch thrown because Damon did indeed kiss Elena thinking she was Elena. Kiss Catherine thinking she was Sorry, Elena. kissing Catherine thinking she was Elena. And also simultaneously, God, it's so odd. And I, I so want to get into like the psyche of Damon that this thing with Elena is happening. But also the minute he realizes Catherine is back. Oh, God, he's still so in love with Catherine. So in love. And Catherine wants nothing to do with him. <laughs> they have a conversation in the first episode where he's like we can drop everything we can start again i i'll forget all the stuff you've done i'll forget this past 150 years and she's like oh honey i know what you're asking me and i'll give you the answer i never loved you it was always stefan which once
1: again is one of the times damon is hurt by someone and spirals into violence and homicide
0: (sighs) Yeah, so right after that, he forces his way into Elena's home and is like, tell me you love me because Catherine doesn't. And Elena's like, no, I'm with Stefan. Shut the hell up. And he's like, <laughs> fine. Love is weakness and pain anyway. What does it matter? And then he kills Jeremy.
1: Jeremy walks in and he's like, what's what are you doing? happening? Why am I hearing violence coming from my sister's room? Yeah, why are you harassing my sister, you weirdo?
0: <laughs> and then he just grabs him. And snaps his neck!
1: He's like, you still want to be a vampire? Next snap. Knowing that, that Jeremy has already awoken from his attempted transition and that the vampire blood has been working its way out of his system all day and probably isn't still in there.
0: So, yeah, he does that. Elena fortunately sees that Jeremy is wearing his Gilbert ring. But that happens after Damon has walked out. He truly just snaps Jeremy's neck. I think Stefan might come in, but I'm not sure. Stefan is there, yeah. Elena looks at him with so much hatred in her face. And I, I appreciate that, at least this early on, where it's like, she doesn't play about Jeremy. She never does throughout the show, but it's like, that's enough to be like, Damon, you monster. This is my little brother. Well, as I say that, it feels like that should be obvious. But where Elena is concerned pertaining to Damon, mm. especially later on in the show, mm. I feel the need to say it. <laughs>
1: Yeah, because I mean,
0: like, you know, Caroline. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Speaking of which, Caroline, I think it's in the first episode, is turned by Catherine because she has been in a car accident. And so she's been in the hospital. She's got Damon's blood in her system because they needed to, like, try and heal her injuries because she wasn't doing well. Catherine shows up and suffocates her and turns into a vampire. Caroline regains her memories as happens when you turn into a vampire and you've been compelled in your human life and she knows all the stuff that Damon did to her and she confronts him in the hallway of like i think they're at a town fair and they're in some hallway somewhere that's like a long hallway and she's at one end and he has he's at the other end and she comes and she's like i know what you did and Damon's confused and she's like i know about everything you did to me and i can't remember if she like shoves him she she basically
1: tells him I, I remember you like you know torching me abusing me feeding on me and then damon's like you couldn't remember that because that would mean that you're and then he realizes oh snap there's a new baby vamp in town and then she tells him i have a message from katherine pierce game on and then when damon tries to go after her she turns around and shoves him with her newly found super strength he's sent
0: flying across the hallway and she says you suck before leaving <laughs> this will be the most sort of comeuppance that ever happens about the assault of caroline Forbes. so i will take the dub where i can
1: and move on it is unfortunate i guess we can get into it in the caroline episode
0: now that caroline is transitioning into a vampire she's starting to spiral a bit She's a very type A Caroline, so she's like, yeah, I can get this under control. I'll just schedule my way through it. And she does for a bit, but she very quickly succumbs to impulses because she is a newbie vampire. And she attacks this guy at the fair. Actually, notable about that guy, whose name is Carter. Damon, in this first arc of season two, has become obsessed because robert lockwood what's the best? first name? <laughs> richard lockwood <What> is it? <laughs> richard <laughs> richard richard lockwood <laughs> richard lockwood he was affected by the gilbert device and he dies before damon can figure out like what was the deal there because he's like oh, was he a vampire and carol lockwood's like no he wasn't i know him he's my husband <laughs> he was not a vampire And so he's starting to be like, there's something else going on here. Then Mason Lockwood comes to town. And they see Mason Lockwood, like, arm wrestling with somebody... I think it's
1: that Damon is already suspicious because of the Richard Lockwood thing. And he is aware that the device also affected Tyler because Tyler crashed while driving Matt yes, and Caroline away.
0: Yes, right. So he
1: starts to suspect that something's going on with the Lockwood family. I think they might be supernatural, but I want to know what exactly they are because it doesn't seem like Tyler is a vampire and I don't. it doesn't seem like Richard was a vampire either. So he compels Carter to pick a fight with tyler which mason then breaks up using super cool agility and (laughs) seemingly (laughs) superhuman strength
0: (laughs) i love that scene because it's so stupid
1: his eyes do the 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 golden
0: werewolf thing but i don't know if damon sees that i don't think so i think he turns away but it's very clear something's going on but yeah he compels carter to pick a fight with tyler and to not stop knowing that potentially some supernatural creature that Tyler is might just, like, kill this guy. So, you know, again, just throwing it out there. But, yeah, Caroline later on, because I think Bonnie and this guy have been vibing, which is, like, you know how they push Bonnie on, like, any black man who shows up. If yeah. they're not related to her, yes. then, actually, honestly, you know, I've come around on that idea. The three black characters who show up who aren't related to Bonnie, <laughs> who also
1: happen to be men.
0: Yeah, I, I've come around on that because, like, I, I honestly prefer that. To the like We're not going to get into Sworn agenda on this podcast I don't think this is the space of it But like Maybe she should be with a black man I
1: mean let, <laughs> let Bonnie date whoever she wants yeah. It's just sad that in this particular instance The person was like Collateral damage Of Damon's nonsense Messing around with stuff That he didn't need to be messing with And it is because of the f- Of the Fight that he has with Tyler under compulsion That Carter is bleeding from his nose I believe Which is what sends Caroline into her
0: Bloodlust state when she, when she happens upon him So she feeds on Carter And then she tries to stop And then she sees she cannot stop So she keeps feeding on him until he is dead Once they discover this Damon is like Well we have to kill her <laughs> Which Which is Damon's catchphrase in this show. Truly, but also so especially bold to say when it's Caroline after everything you've done. But like everyone, of course, is like, we're not going to kill Caroline. She's our friend and she's clearly struggling. We just need to help her adjust the same way you both had to adjust, Stefan and Damon, and then she'll be fine. And Damon's like, "Mm, no. And I think now it's like, it's, it's partly because of the Catherine aspect, right? Because she's like, message from captain game on so already he's in a mood and then also i think again tinfoil hat theory nobody knows the extent of what he did to caroline while they were quote together so it's like let me kill her real quick before she exposes me of course this isn't a world where the story cares about that at all
1: certainly not the world we live in because the story has well and truly moved past god that once caroline shoves him that was like That was it. Closing that
0: chapter. That was it. It'll never come up again except one time when Elena's being mean. But other than that, Damon just happens to find Caroline first because everyone's out looking for her. And he pretends that he's here to help her and he's coaxing her close and is like, I know, I know, everything's fine. Everything's going to be okay. He has a whole ass stake in his hand and tries to stake her in the back. Stefan comes in and like pushes him out of the way. They throw him down. He's like, You're gonna have to kill her at the end of the day. Might as well do it now. And they're like, shut your goddamn mouth and get out of here. No one likes you. And Stefan takes Caroline away to go, like, you know, begin the Stefan process. The person who should have gotten there first. Just like with Vicky. Just like with Vicky. Damon's intervention is what causes the problem. But Stefan gets to Caroline. And she turns out fine Oh actually there's a point where While they're trying to get Caroline away He still runs after her Vanbrush is trying to catch him by surprise And is like I'm gonna do it anyway And he goes to stake her And Elena jumps in the way And is staring up at him And only because Elena's standing there Does she stop And again The story will present this to you As a positive thing Yep Because that means Oh he stopped for Elena But Ladies and gentlemen of the jury <laughs> He was gonna Kill Caroline, her best friend.
1: Caroline, who I believe she had just said she didn't want to die once she realized that Damon was trying to kill her. She had just begged for her life.
0: He, yes, I'm glad you bring that up because he's the one telling her, it's okay, we'll take care of it. You're dead, whatever. And she, even in her like distraughtness of this guilt of killing uh, Carter, because that's heightened, she asserts herself and says, no, I'm not, I'm still here. While this man is trying to kill her. And get rid of her. I'm glad you brung that up.
1: Because that
0: scene really moved me. In a weird way of like. Here's Caroline asserting herself. Asserting her personhood. As this person who doesn't care about her at all. Tries to kill her as a means to an end. That resolves. Actually no that doesn't resolve. Because Bonnie comes out. Because she hasn't seen anything that's happened. She sees that Carter's dead. She sees that Caroline is the one that is fed on him. And she bless her heart bonnie has the two three chess move leap to be like oh i know this is damon's fault i'm gonna have my moment with caroline later about you're a vampire now and you kill this man and so we have beef but ultimately i said one wrong move damon. <laughs> bonnie in her strict mom era she's like what did i tell you at the end of last season <laughs> what did i say homegirl pulls a hose and pours out some water leading up to damon spritz it all over his body elena's like barney what are you doing it's like elena shut your mouth i'm handling shit okay i'm taking care of business she casts a spell she incendias her way she transmutes that water into flame Damon catches fire and then elena starts shouting no this can't be us and then barney has to like undo the fire and Damon survives and again as i have been in season one and as i will be for several more instances god i wish you'd let her do it God, I wish you'd let that person kill Damon Salvatore. (laughs) (laughs) It's in the story as a
1: whole, I never want Damon dead. I just want Damon to be written better, if they want him to be redeemed, or... To just be a villain if they want him to be a villain. Because if Damon was being written as, say, you know, an Azula-type character... Azula can also... You can have sympathy for Azula and the things that led to her being the way she is. But she is a villain. The story never tries to convince you that she is not a villain. Yes. And if Damon was being written in that way, I'd be fine. I'd be like, you know what? He's evil. Maybe he's got his reasons. Everyone's got their reasons of being evil. I get it. Cool. Or if they wanted to redeem him,
0: then, redeem then him. just redeem him.
1: But they have this weird rinse and repeat thing with Damon, which happens in a larger way, like every season and a half. And in smaller ways, like three times a season, <laughs> where you'll yeah. be very naughty <laughs> several times in a season and always get forgiven and do reprehensible things every 30 episodes or so. But eventually it's fine. And because Stefan, it's, it's almost like Stefan and Elena are like, like, the leaders of the group. And once they say it's okay, everyone else just has to be like, okay, well, Stephen and Elena said we forgive him, so we forgive So him. I
0: guess we have to. No, you're right. There's no pretense with Azula, right? That she could possibly, like, oh, now I'm buddy-buddy with the main characters. And I think it's the fact that Damon, I say, is a necessary foil. A lot of the characters in the main group, right, are very moral characters. And so they are only willing to go so far, up to a certain season, They're only willing to go so far to, like, protect themselves and to, like, carry out their goals as the protagonists of the story. And Damon is the Logan, right? He's the Wolverine to take it to a place of X-Men, as we just apparently do all the time on this podcast now. (laughs) He's the guy you send when you need dirty work done because he's willing to do it. The problem is that the show also wants to maintain the, like, bad boy persona as part of that. Yes. And the only way the bad boy persona can express itself in a show about vampires who eat and kill people is someone who just goes so hard on that. And so there's a dissonance there of like, well, he doesn't seem as like begrudging, dirty work guy when he's just like doing all these awful things because you want him to be this narrative foil as the like amoral character. The amoral option in this love triangle. The amoral aspect of this circle of trust. With the Mystic Falls gang. So I think there's just a dissonance there. In how they progressively want him to be more involved as a protagonist. But keep him as this awful guy.
1: That is the key issue with Damon Salvatore. That they want to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah. They want to have their bad boy who's like token... Naughty teammate who's not you know that evil and is like the the darker option for the love triangle and then they also want to have deadly Damon who is the nitty gritty hands dirty does what needs to be done when nobody else is willing to necessary evil you should be a bit scared of him yeah but then they want those they want those two things to exist at the same time and both be seen as a protagonist protagonist <laughs> and also and it's also almost like if if Damon <laughs> if Damon was an anti villain. And not an anti-hero. I could probably stomach the things he does better. Because, like, for instance, The Punisher, Daredevil Season 2. Anti-villain. Interesting. Like, he is... He is bad. Matt Murdock is like, I do not approve of what you do. You murder people indiscriminately when you decide that they are bad.
0: Right. He plays Judge Shuri and Executioner.
1: Yeah. But also, he's murdering, like, mob bosses. And, like, people who are involved in, like, sex trafficking things. And uh, corrupt military officials. And
0: it's like, he's not awful
1: he's just he has
0: this (laughs) this creed that he chooses to live by and he views as like a moral obligation so you can kind of play with that and understand that and even in that the sympathy comes from the fact that like yeah he's doing this because it wasn't done before right yeah his family his whole family dies as a result of inaction by the powers that are supposed to be taking care of that problem and then you add a head injury into that and it's like you know yeah, that all spirals yeah, together so you never go unless you're like a white supremacist dude bro you never go the punisher is right and everything he does is good <laughs> but you do go I understand this sequence of events and I get why he does what he does. And I can have a little bit of sympathy for that character while ultimately understanding this is really messed up.
1: And the protagonists within the story, like Matt Murdock, like Karen Page, are constantly telling him what you are doing is bad. We understand, (laughs) but we do not approve this is bad. And the difference is Damon, (laughs) who is supposed to be an anti-hero, he's presented to us that way from season two onwards... He's bad for like five minutes. He's like a dog that did something wrong. Ah. You send him out and eventually you bring him back in. And the protagonists, at least Elena and Stefan, are always like, it's okay. We love you again. Uh. You know, <laughs> it's Not just, it's, you. You, you mess up, but we, we forgive you. <laughs>
0: he's, I don't even think he's like a dog. He's a child, right? A child who hasn't learned the sense Of not just right and wrong, but hasn't learned the sense of consequences. And so he lashes out when he doesn't get his way. And then, like, when people don't reward him for that, he becomes all, like, pissy. You know? That's who Damon is. I truly, truly watching this back, I was, like, watching so many instances where he lashes out and going, You are the most petulant child I've ever encountered. 164-year-old man. And you would swear that's like a six-year-old whose toys got taken away. Lily had his number down when she <laughs> said that, actually. Because that's what popped into my head. And also, to your point earlier that you said of like... Because we were talking about the concept of the character who does what needs to be done. Damon doesn't do what needs to be done. He leaps to the, the most violent option by default. His instinct in any scenario is to kill whoever the problem is and everyone around them. To leverage, to maim, to torture, to sacrifice someone close to us in order to get what we want.
1: Yeah, because... Instinctual. Even if that problem is someone who is not named Stefan or Elena has been taken (laughs) hostage by the bad guy. Damon's like, well, let them die. Let them (laughs) die. I don't care. Because often it's like, it's Bonnie. And he's like... "Eh." Or it's like, it's Jeremy and he's like, oh, can't let Jeremy die because, you know, now I like Elena and she loves him or whatever. When it gets to the periphery of the group
0: and it's like, it's Tyler. Damon's like, who? Who's that? <laughs> Tyler Lockwood? I don't care. When Bonnie's got the, the power of the hundred witches, we're going to jump around now because I'm not as, as invested in like sequentially going through season two. When Bonnie's got the hundred dead witches magic and they're planning to use that to um, kill Klaus. And everyone's like, because Jeremy divulges that that will then kill Bonnie in order to do that. He's like, I'll write her a eulogy. And it's like... <laughs> what he literally says about? that he'll write her a good eulogy. That's the uh, level of David. That's a, that's a through line throughout season two. I mean, throughout the rest of it. But I think season two is also when... You know, we're building up with Delena, obviously. Yeah. They're having more interactions. It's more explicit now that he is very much like becoming in love with her. Elena has a growing attraction that she's trying to ignore. It's also
1: holding up a mirror to the whole Catherine thing because she's still very much a presence in season two. Yes. He he has he has grown to utterly despise her.
0: Understand. Less right? <laughs> great for him, as the Catherine arc unfolds, he very slowly starts to like Kill the idea of him and Catherine And grow to resent her Good for him
1: And I think he starts to see what we are told um, In season one Stefan saw when he was spying on Elena from afar Before they officially met Which we will get to that in a Stefan episode yep. um, He starts to see that Elena might be Catherine's doppelganger But she is everything Catherine lacks Like yeah. the compassion and the loyalty And the ability to the story claims tell me <laughs> when I'm doing something wrong. <laughs> uh, 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 uh. <laughs> so it claims. And I think that what is supposed to be happening, and like I say with Damon, sometimes it's like there's very there's several daemons in the show. And yep. the show yep. wants you to believe they're all one person and it's like, mm, I don't know. This isn't the daemon I saw the other day. But one of the daemons we're supposed to be seeing is changing for the better because of Elena's I-can-fix-him energy. Yeah. And yeah. even Catherine, Catherine initially, when she first really meets up with Damon before she gets re-entombed, well, tombed properly, entombed properly she notes that Damon is meaner now, which she finds sexy. She, she knows that the Damon she knew as a human has changed. Yeah. <laughs> She still, she still doesn't say she wants to be with him. No, but, of course not. But I'm interested in in whether that Damon is the Damon who is angry at her right now because of everything she's done, mm. or whether it's just the general dark Damon who has been a vampire since 1864 and is not the the sweet Confederate man yeah. <laughs> that that she met. I think in that, uh, that episode, what is it? Save the Last Dance or something, when Stefan and Damon try to kill her and she's been linked to um, Elena, when they're all trapped in that room, Catherine addresses them and she's like, oh, we're all here. The brother who loved me too much, looking at Damon, uh-huh. and then looks at Stefan and is like, and the one who didn't love me enough. Yeah. And then Damon is bitterly like, and the evil psycho slut who only loved herself. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> and Catherine... Catherine counters that. Wow, that was downright vindictive. What happened to my sweet boy I met in 1864? (laughs) And Damon's like, that guy died a long time ago, Catherine. And Catherine says, good, he was boring. Ah!
0: (laughs) Catherine, what an icon.
1: It's interesting to me that even even Catherine is seeing that, oh, Damon Damon is changing or has changed. and, And where is that leading to, based on the things that I have done and the things that Elena is currently doing?
0: Yeah, I will say... Despite that, there are, like, roadblocks, I suppose, for his, I guess, in his mind, pursuit of Elena. And at these roadblocks, he then tries to divert his, I guess, sexual and romantic energy to other people. And the first time it's with Rose, Mm. who, you know, is around because of the Elijah and Originals plot. And they seem to be just, like, in a physical thing because it's like, hey, listen, we're vampires and we're here. Let's just go for it. But given the way that, like... They close out when Rose gets bitten by Jules, the werewolf, and is dying of a werewolf bite. Right? The like ending for Rose, it does seem that he cared about her at least a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think I think he genuinely did. I like to think that in another life, if I had to sacrifice Delena so that it wasn't endgame, <laughs> I would say Rose. Rose is probably the only person who could have done it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that because she's a 500-year-old vampire, right? It's like she's three times as old as him. She's probably done her fair share over time. And also, there's no weird sense of obligation to be his altar of humanity, to be his beacon of goodness. That's not placed on Rose to do. So there's an equal standing in this relationship. Relationship, quote-unquote. So honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm very big on Damon and Rose. I like it. The other one is uh, far less exciting. And we're going to bring it back to a place of Caroline because this is a repeat of season one Caroline. There's this newscaster named Andy Starr, who is Jenna's friend, I believe. And I don't blame Jenna for this because Jenna doesn't know that Damon's a monstrous vampire. But Jenna sets Damon up with Andy Starr. Damon at first is not interested because obviously he's now holding a torch for Elena. But it's in episode seven towards the end. Where I don't know after some after some Catherine shenanigans He comes to Elena's bedroom which is already like He gives her back her necklace which is the necklace I guess she lost it in like the kidnapping with Rosa and Trevor
1: Elijah Elijah snatched it off her neck when he immediately sensed it was vervain.
0: Yes so she's like I thought I would have lost it It's the scene they bring back in the siren episode Which I which is why I thought this was particularly interesting In the scene he confesses to Elena that he's in love with her I, I don't know the exact dialogue because I scrubbed through it because I'm, I'm never interested with Damon speaking. <laughs> but he says, I'm in love with you, but I can't have you because you're my brother's girl. And we can't repeat the stuff that we did with Catherine. He says, I've been
1: selfish, but I can't be selfish with you, which is why I can't let you remember this. I just had to say it to get it off my chest. <laughs> I, then <laughs> which... he compels
0: the memory of his love confession away from Elena. Which is like, what worth is your, like, idea of unselfishness if the way you're doing it is taking the agency away from someone over this, like, development? Because all that creates now is a scenario where Elena now doesn't have all the information. And so any interactions that the two of you have as, quote, friends, the way you're saying now, is fully one-sided. She doesn't have all the cards on the table. Even despite the fact that, like, the, the, the alternative of that is that, like, he doesn't compel away, he confesses and then he leaves. It leaves Elena with the choice. I don't think at that point she would have then gone, I'm breaking up with Stefan and I'm gonna be with Damon. I don't think in a million years she would have done that. But I don't think taking her away, away her agency in that situation is good. And again, Damon's not a good person, right? So it's like, sure, but it still grosses me out. I guess ultimately
1: it's all the same as if he had kept it to himself. Do that then. <laughs> Ironically he is being kind of selfish in that scene in that uh, I guess get I guess getting it off his chest is being allowed to say it, see her receive the information and almost react to it, then going okay, that backspace. <laughs> bit. <laughs> that bit is
0: the part that's messed up because you get to test the waters and then reverse time. <laughs> and I think you shouldn't have that power. This is messed up I don't know well, I, suppose I would
1: say because, because it's, a, it's, it's TV And we're, we're being told a story yeah. That is that the narrative <laughs> That's yeah. the narrative's way of letting the audience know Damon is in love with Elena And doesn't want to be selfish In that love I mean you're telling and not showing but fine um, And it doesn't matter what Elena Is aware of or isn't aware of at this point You the audience are being given This information from Damon's mouth
0: yeah. Now you know Spinning off from this, he takes up Jenna's offer to set him up with what she believes is an age-appropriate love interest and not her teenage niece. So <laughs> <laughs> she, he goes out with Andy and they begin a relationship from the get-go. Compulsion out the wazoo. He's feeding on her. He There's a scene where they're in a bathtub together.
1: I think that's when they fir- when they first get together. Because initially, initially he he coldly rejects her, even though she's she's genuinely expressing interest and trying very hard. And he makes it very clear he's not interested. And then afterwards, I don't know what it is that happens that upsets him in that episode.
0: It's the confession it's the with Elena. Thing. It's after he confesses to Elena that he loves her and then compels it away and now that Uh, i guess because he's so upset at the fact that he can't pursue elena anymore he has to go out with this girl and like use her as a blood bag and he rips her throat open in this bathtub and the bathtub like fills with blood the whole thing just like turns this crimson red and it's so distressing
1: it's more her shoulder that he bites into I will say though when I watched that episode I did not realize where that relationship was going. I felt on thought, "Oh, Damon just killed this woman and I won't see her again." <laughs> so I was I was kind of relieved when in the next episode she was alive. I was like, "Wow." So I mean, you know,
0: take that how you will. Yeah. <laughs> that I thought I mean, not, not I won't disparage a younger you, but it does then progress that she's now trapped in this relationship where he's compelling her and feeding on her. And abusing her. There's that one moment where he reveals that he's a vampire. And she becomes terrified. And then he leans forward and is like, you're okay. You're not scared. And then she kind of comes back to center and smiles. And it's so distressing.
1: And carrying on from that thought, almost as if they were aware of the whole Caroline thing from season one with Damon. There is a later point where Damon is, again, upset about something. (laughs) Probably Elena related. And he is... Upset and tells Andy to go away He sends her away And Stefan comes in later on And he's like Oh what's the matter You're tired of your little plaything." <laughs> and then later on When Stefan has left Andy comes back And Damon is like uh, I thought I told you to leave And Andy's like Ah you didn't compel me So oh, <laughs> I still have the choice to stay And I'm staying Because I want to stay Um oh. And Damon tries to get her to leave again, and she doesn't want to. And she's like, no, Damon, I'm here with you. I'm not afraid. I'm choosing to stay out of my own free will. Then he snaps and bites her, feeding off her for a few seconds, terrifying her. And he stops. She's distraught. And he's like, Andy, please leave or I'm going to kill you. And then she runs away. And as horrible as that scene is, I do feel like it was the writer's way of being like, you see, even outside the compulsion, Andy would be here in her own capacity she would choose to be here you know provided damon isn't actively physically hurting her with his teeth Ah. it's not like the caroline
0: situation and i'm like that's ah. so dicey especially considering all the compulsion that's so dicey because would she feel that if he hadn't compelled away her fear of him being a vampire Like that's kind of null and void at that point. Certainly wouldn't hold up in a court of law, and it doesn't hold up in this kangaroo court in the opinion of the prosecution. (laughs) I don't know about the jury, but that's very dicey. At what point does she leave? Because by season three, he's dating her again. I guess do they reunite in the summer? I don't know.
1: I guess she. I don't remember her for the rest of season two beyond that. But I guess she does. I guess she does come back.
0: So I guess he didn't care all that much then if he went back and found her again. Yeah. yeah i mean
1: ultimately she, things don't end well for her no <laughs> largely no, because don't. of damon <laughs> i did want to point out because we were talking about andy and rose as his uh roadblocks that uh you know in defense of damon I'm, I'm trying to be fair yeah uh we did note that damon damon cares about rose he does desperately want to avenge her after she dies because of jules's attack Although it is him antagonizing Jules that leads to Rose being attacked in the first place because she was there to attack him. But he does have that very well-known scene where he gives Rose a dream in in her mind.
0: With her white horse. To come around he
1: had spoken to her about her homeland in the english countryside in the dream she feels the sun on her skin for the first time in 500 years Aww. because somehow in five centuries she'd never managed to get a daylight jewelry thing i don't know why no witches in england <laughs> or wherever she's been um, but he he euthanizes her and you can see that he's quite gutted by it yeah he's crying a little bit he has like a single tear what's disappointing is that when when rose is dying and Elena asks, like, oh, what's going to happen to her? Is, is she going to die? Because we don't really know anything about Werewolf Bites. Damon is like, yeah, probably. The sooner the better. It's gloomy as hell in here. And he acts as though he's very unaffected by it while she's dying and then after her death. Even though it's very clear to us, the audience, that, Damon, this isn't true.
0: Just admit that you cared. Like, like this is, this is the best side of you we've seen so far. <laughs> maybe maybe that's what it is that I'm like, because I understand the concept of if Damon was written better, then he would be more, like, palatable as a character. But the thing is, even Damon at baseline, even Damon at his best, is a, is an archetype that drives me up the wall. They're like, oh, I, do, I don't actually care. I don't show my feelings. Boo, tomato. Why can't you just admit... That you cared about Rose. I don't understand. <laughs> Trauma, I guess. I guess you cared one time and Captain screwed you over. And now you can't care about anyone. I, ca- Ooh. I cared one time for 145 years. I just- <laughs> Truly, he's giving that alpha bro who blames one woman from 10 years ago on the fact that he now is just like a alpha grind set, women are like objects type of guy. And it's like, oh... One girl 10 years ago dumped you real hard and you just never dealed. You just never got the therapy you needed. It's like, why do I have to suffer for that now? If we were going to psychoanalyze him, I would... Oh, please do. That's what we're here for.
1: <laughs> I would theorize that maybe that's even where... Delena itself springs from that he found this doppelganger, much like Stefan, who was initially drawn to Elena because it was like, wow, it's fascinating that you look just like Catherine, who I'm completely over and despise. Yeah. But <laughs> you look just like her. Let me stalk you for a bit. Oh, you're an amazing person who's nothing like her. I kinda dig you. Let me now <laughs> slide into your DMs. Yeah. <laughs> um, whereas I think I think from Damon's point of view, it was like a, oh, Now that I'm over Catherine, well, you know, I'm getting over her and Elena is here. Yeah, you do look exactly like her, which means you're obviously automatically attractive to me. Maybe I can fill the void with the good person that you are. And then from Elena's side, it eventually becomes a
0: thing of, oh, I'm all too happy to be there. I can fix him, girl. Gladly. I would die for that prospect. Even when it comes to Stefan, I will admit that is very much something she does. When Stefan goes off the rails, she's always ready to be like... I'll help you through it. At least in the case of Stefan, right? It's like you can go, well, Stefan doesn't actively do bad things. And that is not to lessen the impact of the bad things that he does. Stefan is clearly struggling with a problem and doesn't want to hurt people. And so Elena is like, I see that. And I'm helping you through this. As his actual partner. With Damon, it's like, it is more the archetype you're describing of like, I can fix him. He's bad, but I can fix him because i see a glimmer of hope somewhere in
1: there (laughs) what else happens in season two it's it's mainly damon antagonizing werewolves uh at that middle point oh i should i should note uh i forgot when we were closing off the the beginning bit with Catherine. it is damon who finally seals her in the tomb which Uh, (laughs) love it bookend love it like bookend of note she wakes up there She asks where she is, and Damon says, you're exactly where you should have been the whole time. (laughs) And Catherine, who is... Desperate to not be sealed away in here to desiccate forever, tells Damon that, oh no, the reason that I faked my death in 1864, you were right when you earlier theorized that I was running from someone. There's something dangerous and Elena's in
0: danger, and Damon's like, mm, nah, you're lying. <laughs> 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 yeah, the original plot starts like kicking into high gear. We know about Klaus, the original vampire. It's not exactly how the originals turn out, but most of it is like myth and rumor and legend, so some details will change when all of the originals actually show up. Damon is the one
1: who doesn't initially believe in werewolves until he meets one, which is (coughs) funny. Once he does believe in them, and hears the rumor at that point, he hasn't seen the effects of it yet, close up, which he will, when he finds out that a werewolf bite can kill a vampire and he finds out that Caroline is spending time with Tyler, a newly turned werewolf, he aggressively tells her that a bite from a werewolf will kill a vampire, so don't be his friend when i was first watching season two not knowing what i know now i was like oh look Damon might not be the nicest guy but he is looking out for this newbie vamp and being like don't be stupid stupid but now i'm like "Mm, i think Damon was just worried that you were gonna out him his brother if you spend too much time with syla
0: don't tell him about us also vampires who will get killed also why are you even speaking in her direction you creep (laughs) get away from her She's like in the house, and they're like, he's like trying to be playful. It's all like, what the hell is going on? Whatever, it's fine. I've hopped on enough. I mean, yeah, the 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 Caroline
1: and Damon relationship takes a takes a turn in season two because initially, when she twin when she's a vampire, she is very much like, ah, oh, I've I have power now to you know show you that I despise you and dislike you, and then she saves him and Stefan from her mother and the deputies. Yeah, and Damon. Who has been getting close to Liz in a professional yeah. sense of a town council at that yeah. point? It's Damon of all people that tries to tell Liz that, oh, Caroline is still your child.
0: Like, <sighs> she's <laughs> she's not she's not a monster. <laughs> that was like, I'm trying to understand. Are you trying to get back into Caroline's good graces? Because he does look at Caroline after that and like nod to just be like, see? I think it was to show that Damon had come to care for Liz and wanted
1: her to not have this bad relationship with her daughter. Because when Damon fights back after Caroline has saved them, mm. he almost seems to be about to attack Liz. And Caroline begs him not to kill her mother. And Stefan is like, Damon, don't do it. And Damon's like, oh, calm down. I'm not going to kill her. You're my friend, Carol. I'm not going to kill you. Uh, <laughs> we're just going be- to keep you locked up till the vein is gone and then compel, <laughs> compel your memories away. <laughs>
0: fair enough. Fair enough so i guess that's nice listen he has travis friends
1: i've got to take the glimmers of the glimmers of humanity no you're
0: right you're right we'll allow it into evidence sparing liz's life i guess and also trying to facilitate her relationship with her daughter the defense is very pleased beyond that oh i was gonna say um in the same vein of him not believing in werewolves he doesn't believe that originals are real he's like it's just a fantasy a bedtime story whatever (laughs) also even the atheist (laughs) Damon, the supernatural atheist, who is himself. In a world
1: full of vampires and witches. Who is himself? He's he's like like an angel who
0: doesn't believe in God. It's like, what? (laughs) What are we talking about? Also, this is when the sun and moon curse stuff is happening around. There's a lot of instances with him and Elena, like, hanging out and, like, bonding, I suppose. Even though it's, like, a lot of him just, like... Doing his damnedest to sideline her in anything that's happening. I think of the time when she's going to offer herself up to Elijah, I believe. And when Rose tells Damon about it, he heads over. And the way he's holding her by the arm, he's like dragging her like like an unruly dog. And when Elijah shows up and she's like, thank you for coming. And he's like, I will break your arm. I'm just like... That is a moment I will never forget. Because I'm like...
1: That's why I'm like, Damon... You're like several people being mixed in at once by the writers Because Damon as the token Damon as the token bad teammate, I could take that line and be like, wow, that's violent and against a teenage girl as well. But against at least the main if you character. weren't being written if you if you weren't being written as a potential love interest yep. for this woman, I could be like, okay, you're the token bad guy, whatever, you're just mean to all your teammates. I don't think you really meant it. But when you put all that together and this is a man who is in love with her and for whom she is subconsciously falling and who we know the narrative wants us to treat as a potential love interest. It's like, why would
0: you write him saying
1: that? That just feels...
0: It's like I know the implication is his whole thing is like he has to protect her and he'll do whatever it takes. Even like physically maim and disable her so she can't get away from him it's like given the violence he's already enacted towards women in this story it's like why would this be a throwaway like it it always sits with Mm -hmm. me it always sits with me that line the look on his face of just like i don't like him because of things like that he says but yeah with the original plot they're all trying to like kill elijah while Elena's trying to work with elijah because elena has a plan clear she's like klaus is coming for me nobody else has to die i'm sacrificing myself damon's like i won't stand for that i will destroy anyone and, and everyone <laughs> i will run roughshod over any of the decisions you make because it's more important to me that you're alive than it is that you get any respect from me as a person. Of the two people Damon cares
1: about, here's a here's a proposition as I as I try sure. As I try to give Damon some some leeway. Of the two people Damon cares about, and I will say two, because at this stage, the number is definitely 2.0 people (laughs) that he cares about. They'll try to convince you there's
0: a (laughs) budding thing with Bonnie. I don't buy it.
1: Certainly not in season two. Alaric is like his frenemy in season two, I guess. But usually... At that point, they're still usually working together because it's like, you know, I need to go do something and I need a partner in crime. Yes. Uh, (laughs) and My brother's with his girlfriend, so he won't play with me. Exactly. (laughs) of the two people Damon cares about, perhaps the reason that Elena is often the one to whom he refuses to give any agency is because A, she's the weak human with no superpowers and B, he is decades and decades old and thinks of her as too stupid to make her own decisions which could be creepy when you think about if she's such a child why do you want her Damon?
0: yes (laughs) yes you've nailed it on the head both of those things are true and that's the problem right he does say vocally that all her decisions are bad and dumb all right so if you think she's too stupid to like move through life as a person like what are you doing here why do you perceive her as a romantic pursuit that's concerning and i think it's also important and To the show's credit, it always contrasts this, and I think it's a very good contrast, of Stefan and Damon in the way that they interact with Elena when plot stuff is going down and something needs to be done. Stefan and Elena are equals in their relationship. Anytime something needs to go down, Stefan recognizes this is pertaining to Elena, her life, and the lives of her loved ones. We are going to make this decision together. And if she makes a decision and I feel there is a concern, whether that be safety or whether that be the rationality of the plan, I will voice those concerns. But ultimately, we are working together in this. Whereas Damon will go, the decision you made is dumb. So I've elected to entrap you somewhere while I handle business like the big boy man I am. And you don't get to do anything. Even in the respect of physicality, right? Because you say, because she is a weak human with no powers, which is true. We've proven that weak humans with no powers can get a leg up on a vampire, especially when you're working with other vampires, right? There are instances in season one and in season two where they hatch a plan to entrap somebody. You use the vampire strength to get somebody in like a lock or in like a bar. And then the human comes in with a vivain syringe, the freaking there's this little cylindrical thing that they use to like pop release with a stake with a stake crossbow with an airsoft stake rifle <laughs> something okay damon's not interested in elena being an active participant in her own life and i think there's an element of dehumanization in that in this relationship that he has with elena that she's not a person who's allowed to make decisions she is this pretty doll that he wants to have That is pretty and does what he wants and moves where he tells her and can be packed away for safekeeping when necessary. Can be put back in the box with the plastic wrapping sealed. That is the problem that I have with Damon and Elena's relationship. Mm. Not to go on a rant, but...
1: (laughs) We'll put a pin in that for season four because I want to... I want to analyze how that progresses in season four, the year of transition. In this part of a story i think that's when oh yes Catherine screws damon over again yes (laughs) yes (laughs) i don't know whether catherine sends them to isabel or to john or someone gets in touch with isabel but then they get john instead of isabel but john gets back to town and is like hey i always have access to things (laughs) (laughs) which he does you know how you thought originals couldn't be killed because you staked elijah and he woke up a few hours later oh well i found this magical dagger made of silver and this ancient ash from a tree that was burned down that is as old as the inception of vampires itself if you dip this dagger in this ash and plunge it into the heart of an original vampire that is the way to kill them pinky
0: swear (laughs) (laughs) i promise don't don't worry too much about it to the credit of the mystic falls gang they are like
1: "Hmm, john (coughs) seems suspicious Rick, especially
0: i think rick is like you just buy that (laughs) Because Rick and John have their own thing going on right now. John is doing his damnedest to ruin Rick's life for some reason. I guess jealousy. Yeah, jealousy.
1: (laughs) I guess they're thinking, you know, if we try this and John is either just wrong. Because John, how many originals have you tested this on? Or John is lying. We will have angered an immortal man stronger than all of us. Uh (laughs) So let's. Just, you know, slow down a bit. Damon goes to talk to Catherine. Confirms that the dagger is what it is. I don't know why he chooses choose to trust her. Maybe he thinks that Catherine and John aren't on the same side. So Catherine wouldn't lie for John.
0: I guess he's, his assumption is because Catherine is in opposition with the originals. Or rather, Klaus specifically. She's invested... In having them be dead If Elijah's dead Uh, Then Klaus can't get to her Also She's trapped in the tomb Yeah At this point Elijah
1: has compelled her To stay in the tomb Because the seal Has been permanently broken now Which I guess Means the Martin Witches are stronger Than Grams and Bonnie I guess that tracks. Grams is old and Bonnie was new.
0: Also, they channel magic and Bonnie didn't even know what that was. So, <laughs> honestly, not a big surprise.
1: I guess. But David is like, cool, kitty cat. Thanks for confirming. I'm going to go dagger this original now. And Catherine is like, Damon, no. I dare to <laughs> <be." coughs> Don't dagger Elijah until we can somehow convince him to lift the compulsion on me so I can leave this wretched tomb that I'm starving in. Because if he
0: dies, I'm trapped here. (laughs) If he dies, the compulsion is
1: locked in place forever and I'll be trapped here for eternity. And Damon's like, say less.
0: (laughs) Now I want to do this more than ever i'm gonna go dagger him right now <laughs> oh my word fortunately for him and Elena are at the lake house at this point they're going through gilbert journals i think and she reads one per chance <laughs> fortunately before damon can try his plan and sees that the dagger if used on an original by a vampire will kill the vampire as well i love how they frame it
1: i think the diary says that because loyalty was important to the originals, which I'm like, hmm. based not only on what we learn about the family, but also on how Klaus has used those daggers. I'm like, I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. But because loyalty was important to the originals, that is why the dagger cannot be used by another vampire.
0: Also, we find out the daggers weren't even made by them. Yeah, so they were made by the witch of the five. Writing. So it's like.
1: I guess because they were created to annihilate Silas and by extension just like kill vampires along the way. I guess
0: it was that, oh yeah, if a vampire uses it, you get to die too because we don't want you around either. Yeah, that makes (laughs) sense. But it really does make this journal entry like complete nonsense. Jonathan Gilbert the Elder just pulled that out of his ass. Yeah, John Gilbert, he wasn't very good at making Gilbert devices, but you know what he was? An artist a writer a storyteller okay (laughs) i respect you johnny johnny g johnny g number one
1: (laughs) so i guess elena or Stefan call alaric right before damon can do his thing alaric has to like call him aside into the kitchen and then i think he types it out on his phone because obviously elijah has super hearing so they can't really discuss things in the house (laughs)
0: he writes it on something i remember him showing him a page oh he writes it he writes writes it it on something okay but yeah, he's like, the dagger will kill you too. And then they decide Rick's gonna do it. And so Rick daggers him.
1: And then... <laughs> Rick stabs him with the dagger. And like, you
0: know, a normal person pulls it out afterwards. And then and Elijah a goes a that says, So long as the dagger is left in the body, the original will not wake. And Stefan's like, oh shit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and by the time they go to look for Elijah's body, he is up and out and they're like oh damn well where is he now (laughs) thankfully elena manages to dagger him properly a second time because i guess they somehow beat him to the lake house (laughs) and and handed the dagger to her
0: yeah that's
1: weird because they only had the one at that point
0: did elijah run out of there and then go now let me get into my sedan and drive (laughs) to the lake Weird Elijah was like I don't know how to use a GPS <laughs> i a thousand years old like, where is I know I've been house? alive a thousand years But I've barely paid attention To the changing times Okay After Elijah
1: is daggered properly We have another great Catherine and Damon moment Where Damon speaks to Catherine And is like Tell me the truth right now Did you know that If I used the dagger It would kill me as a vampire <laughs> And Catherine is like Oh sweetie I wanted out of this tomb One way or another Of course I knew you would die <laughs> Obviously, <laughs> I knew you'd die. Come on, dude. <laughs> also, because Elijah is daggered, she is free to leave the tomb as she reveals that. I hustled you. I knew that if I begged you not to kill Elijah, it's the one
0: thing you would absolutely do. Because I'm Catherine and I know you, Damon. I and know you. And also because you're so easy to fool. You were so ready to have me dead that you were the keys to my cage, baby girl. I've been Literally. playing this game so much longer than you.
1: She's the revelation of something that will, I guess, be important for the rest of the the show that originals can compel other vampires, but when they die, and with a dagger
0: in you, you're technically dead, when they die, the compulsion is broken. Also, she tells him that she had made a deal with John Gilbert concerning this dagger. Well Isabel and John Gilbert. It's very broad and messy at the moment. But in the deal to sort of orchestrate to get her out of the tomb, which is why John Gilbert came with this dagger in the end. He had said, okay, fine, but I'm going to make one of the Salvators dagger this original so that they die. So one of them's going to die if you want to get out of this prison, this tomb. Oh, yeah. So you got to choose which one dies. <laughs> and Catherine went, and as say you know- less. You know what my answer is. Come on. Oh, shit. And she tells Damon this to his face. She says, listen, obviously I chose Stefan over you. I could only save one. And Damon's like, of course you did. I can just picture
1: John being like, cool, Catherine, I'll do what you say. But then one of the Salvatore brothers has to. And she
0: was like, Damon. He end. hasn't finished I the sentence <laughs> <laughs> Oh man But yeah I just thought that was that was important Because we were talking about Catherine drama So I have to say Oh yeah absolutely Later on in the 100 dead witches stuff I guess it's important to note None of the 100 dead witches like Damon And they make his daylight ring stop working When he goes into their house And I think that's neat Which I have to
1: assume Emily's spirit Which is also in the house Because she yes. died there after, after them I have to
0: assume it's and- and now we know Beatrice's spirit is chilling in there too, so... Yes,
1: yes, Beatrice. I have to assume it's Emily personally doing it from the other side, unless the rules work differently when you are dead, because when Bonnie makes Caroline a daylight ring at the beginning of season two, she tells Caroline that the witch who spells the ring also has the power to unspell it. Yeah. So if you misbehave, I will let you burst into flames, honey.
0: <laughs> and it is Emily who made his daylight ring. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah. I like to keep a running tally Again for my own personal benefit None of the Bennetts like Damon None (laughs) of them Bonnie eventually But bless her She had to be Stockholm syndromed into it None of the Bennetts like Damon But you know who they love? Oh they love Stefan It tracks They're descended from Ketsia Who was in love with Simon Exactly Even all the way back to Ketsia Ketsia thinks Damon is a loser and thinks he's an idiot but Stefan ooh, she was like my second chance baby girl (laughs) I have another potential boyfriend who's as hot as my original one absolutely but like before Bayman is pushed into center stage in season six Bonnie and Stefan are really tight and I always lament that that has to fall away when she and Damon become like bosom pals it's a shame Sheila and Stefan Were in the civil rights movement together <laughs> Like <laughs> those two are old friends Kitsia is obsessed with Stefan Emily likes Stefan Even though she made that deal with Damon That was because she knew I think she like perceived that Stefan was gonna struggle With this whole vampire thing She was like my better bet is Damon If I want someone to protect my lineage Like Stefan's about to go through a mess But like she
1: liked Stefan a lot better She was better. like Stefan will eat my kids <laughs> <laughs> Bless because him, but I lose can't control. chance
0: that. So yeah, I just, I really like that all oh, the Bennett's. I guess beyond that, right, it's just all the stuff with like the curse, the sun and moon curse that turns out to be the hybrid curse. In this era, Damon
1: has the infamous moonstone in the soap dish <laughs> moment.
0: <laughs> <laughs> this moonstone they need to break this ambiguous curse that he hides in a soap dish. In a house that While Catherine, Catherine is, is living, living in. in.
1: Oh my god. When he first realizes Catherine has escaped the tomb by playing him, he discovers her in the shower of the bathroom
0: in the Salvatore Manor. And yet that's where he chooses to hide the moonstone. Genius level intellect. It's a wonder he thinks Elena's not smart enough to make decisions when he pulls shit like this. When he denies the reality of the supernatural and also is terrible at hiding things. Like, I don't think you're doing so hot, Damon. I really don't. More notably, in this last era of season two, I think the most awful thing he does is when Elena has decided, I'm going to die for the curse, which is something she decides early on, but they kind of like go back and forth on trying to like figure things out. But following Bonnie using the hundred dead witches magic to fight off Klaus, even though it's like too soon for the plan they were planning on, they didn't realize Klaus had jumped into Rick's body and was figuring things out from like... Ah, uh, yes. Because they thought he was still Rick, they would tell him things. And so... He he hosted this party, put everyone in danger. Bonnie said, listen, I'll do what I need to do. Damon orchestrates this plan to make it seem like Bonnie's died. He and Bonnie and maybe Jeremy are the only ones who knew. But so so afterwards they reveal, no, it's OK, Bonnie's still alive. But now Klaus thinks she's dead. So we've, we've got an ace up our sleeve for when we actually have to go up against him. But the thing is, Elena's been so traumatized by even the possibility, the belief for that couple hours of Bonnie being dead has rocked her so much that she's like, no, I'm not letting anyone die for me. So she undaggers Elijah, makes a new deal with him, agrees to die for the curse, so that Elijah will be able to catch Klaus at the moment of his transition and kill him then. When Damon finds out about this, he... no one's happy about it, obviously. Stefan himself has like a big argument with Elena where he says, you're not being a hero, you're being a martyr. That's not noble, it's tragic. Stefan and Elena have the conversation in private, like a strong, good couple does. And then when they come to the group and it's like, this is Elena's plan, Damon is outraged, of course. And when he looks to Stefan, Stefan says, it's Elena's life. Elena wants to make the decision. All I can do is support her. Damon's like, eh, (laughs) incorrect buzzer, grabs Elena, Force feeds her his vampire blood, so that when she dies in the curse, because it's the day of the curse now, it's like the day or like the night before, so that when she dies for Klaus's curse, he ensures she will come back as a vampire.
1: Oh. Actually, this is after Elijah has come up with a plan and said, hey, you know, back in the day, I was madly in love with Katarina Petrova, the yes! human girl who was going to be Klaus's original sacrifice. Yes. I managed to acquire a potion that had resuscitative properties and was going to bring her back to life after Klaus had drained her of his blood. Damon, the atheist, is like, <laughs> <laughs> Damon the mystical atheist, is like, mm, I don't believe that this witch potion was ever going to work. And, well, I'm, I'm doubtful that it was ever going to work, and I certainly don't believe it's going to work after 500 years. Like, you don't—it does it have an expiration date? Have you been holding on to it all this time? Is the bottle airtight? Like, what is going on here? Uh, he's like, I'm not a believer. And he later on goes to tell Elena that, in private, just the two of them, well, they're in someone's house. There's other people there, but they, the room that they're in, they're alone. And he tells Elena that this potion is not a guarantee. You might still die anyway it might not work and elena says then that's the risk i'm willing to take it's my choice there's there's no way that we can really guarantee i make it out of this okay damon and you're gonna have to deal with that and then damon is like oh, light bulb moment There is a way that we can make sure you absolutely do survive this. And that's when he bites his wrist and shoves his bleeding arm into her mouth, force feeding her his blood.
0: Then that episode or the episode after Stefan and Elena go off on a hike, Stefan is always emotionally um, um, intelligent, recognizes we need to get away from all this mess and like talk about this because they haven't as a couple had the discussion of because he's a vampire dating a human. They've never had the discussion about, like, what happens when you grow older? Is becoming a vampire something you're interested in? Which
1: I always find silly in these vampire-mortal relationships. I mean, they've
0: been busy. Thanks to the near duel forces that have been coming to Mystic Falls, there's been very little time. But they have this conversation. And while they're having that conversation, back at the house... Because Elijah's taking, he's like bottling up his little potions. like, well, I guess we won't need this. And Damon's like, we both know that was never going to work. He says, Damon, you talk a big game, but you don't know anything. She'll never forgive you for this. And never is a long time for a vampire. So I just think that's a cherry on top of like a really crap situation.
1: I'm not sure at which point in the season they're having a fight. And Stefan tells Damon, because Damon's like, oh, you know what? I I don't mind being the bad guy. I'll be the one that keeps her alive. And it's like the second time he said that that season. And then Stefan, Stefan tells Damon that, um, well, I have something you'll never have her respect. And then he gets punched in the face for it, which
0: I'm like, Damon, why are you upset? I don't. Again, a child lashing out when he's told something that he doesn't want to hear. Because he knows it's true. And he has to punch Stefan because the alternative is dealing with that truth. The scene
1: in which uh, Damon force feeds Elena his blood, obviously she, she cries out in shock and Stefan with his super hearing hears it and zooms into the room and realizes what's happened. And he is so appalled at Damon. He's like, how could you take that choice away from her? Yep. And it's very clear that Stefan is aware of the magnitude of vampirism and how this is something that you cannot just decide on a whim. And certainly that you can't have someone else make the decision for you. And Damon's like, eh. (laughs) He's like, okay, and? He's so not
0: sorry about that decision until the very last episode (laughs) yeah i'll we'll save the discussion between stefan and elena for a later date actually we might have to come back to it when it comes to season four because i have words but we'll put a pin in it for now the little hike conversation yeah that's really the big thing towards the end of season two klaus has decided caroline and tyler are going to be sacrifices damon frees them which is cool and then because it's the full moon when they're doing this uh spell to break the curse tyler starts changing Bites Damon, gets away. A little nip that Damon doesn't notice. Oh, he doesn't notice it. You're right. Because it's just a little on his like forearm. And then he goes over to Klaus because at this point, Elena's been taken. That is when Damon is like bragging like, oh, I killed your witch, Maddox. First white witch to appear in the show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maddox was my white whale I he has caused so many problems for me I swear to god and he's not even that important
1: he's like I also I freed your vampire and your werewolf I know you're gonna kill me now for what I did so what I don't care go ahead kill me I don't care and then Klaus is like which i ain't gonna kill you genuinely <laughs> you.
0: genuinely he's so dumb I don't
1: get it from what Damon <laughs> later on says he either thought that Klaus would kill him immediately or that Klaus would at least take him to be the vampire sacrifice. Right. Because when Klaus when Klaus tells him that, oh no, vampires are easy enough to make. You think Caroline is irreplaceable? <laughs> Girl, like anybody could be. vampire. I could find a, a random
0: person on the street and turn them.
1: Also, werewolves tend to travel in packs and shows Damon a live feed on his phone of Jules. Bless. Who is trapped somewhere, slowly starting to turn. And then Damon's like, ah, shit. So basically, I didn't do anything except make you angry. Klaus snaps his neck. And leaves. And when Damon comes to, he asks Catherine, why didn't Klaus kill me? Or at least, you know, take me to be the sacrifice. Catherine tells him that he said your blood was impure and you couldn't be used as a sacrifice. And that he wasn't going to kill you because you're as good as dead anyway. And when Damon says, what does that mean? That's when Catherine points to his infected looking werewolf and is like, what is that, Damon? To which he responds, ah,
0: damn it, it's a werewolf
1: bite. (laughs) And because the only vampire we've seen at this point who was bitten by a werewolf was as good as dead, it seems like Damon's death sentence
0: has been signed. God, you would hope
1: you were so close, Sandile. yeah, I
0: was <laughs> the end was in sight, the light at the end of the tunnel glowing in my eyes, but it was for naught because in the final episode after all the hybrid curse stuff is shebangled, Damon tells Stefan not to like worry about him any longer because. He is, of course, dying of this werewolf bite. He pulls up his sleeve and shows that it has progressed. And Stefan being Stefan puts all his energy into finding a way to save his brother. Damon told Stefan not to tell Elena so she can have one last good day or whatever, which I don't know how possible that is considering her whole family who she cares about is basically gone.
1: Oh, oh wait, wait. Before we move on into the last episode, in the penultimate episode, Stefan wants to stay behind with Bonnie to make sure Klaus dies, which obviously doesn't happen because of Elijah's betrayal. Damon picks up Elena's lifeless body, which he knows is going to resuscitate because of the whole John Gilbert life force, Emily Bennett spell thing. Um, And he takes her away. And while he's speaking to her lifeless form, he acknowledges that, yeah, what I did was wrong. And he quips that, if you come back as a vampire, I'll stake you myself because I can't bear the thought of you hating me for all eternity. Oh my God. Which, yeah, once again, Damon framing his relationship with her from a very selfish point of view. (laughs) But I will say it is an interesting mirror to how he had claimed that he owed Stefan an eternity of misery for making the choice for him to become a vampire, which Mm. he has now done for Elena and is now hoping that, okay, hopefully the John Gilbert thing works and she comes back as human because I don't want you to do to me what I was
0: doing to stefan i like that sure i just in the general vibe of it is like Ugh, just shut up <laughs> also <laughs> he's talking to her dead body which again it's like who does that help <laughs> this is just to relieve yourself hey
1: you never know maybe elena was on the other side but then she forgot when she came <laughs> yes. back because she's
0: following after <laughs> it like him it's a body <laughs> <laughs> in the finale he's wasting away he's told stefan not to inform elena that he's dying because I guess that will only overwhelm her in- with grief because Damon's so important to her.
1: He says she's said goodbye to enough people, I think. Because, you know, Jenna and John have both just died. Yeah,
0: but again, shouldn't Elena have that choice? And Stefan goes to Elena and says, he says I shouldn't tell you, but I thought you should know in case you want to say goodbye to him if I can't figure out a way to save his life. ah, uh,
1: yeah, Because
0: the alternative is he dies and she had no idea. And now she has no closure.
1: I think it's because Damon was trying to earn. Because Elena is still pissed at him for the whole force feeding of blood thing. Right. Damon, Damon is trying to earn her forgiveness without, you know, coloring it with, oh, it's my last day on earth. So please forgive me. Oh, God. <laughs> he goes to her and I apologizes.
0: That is something I'm impressed by.
1: Yeah. She tells him that I don't forgive you. I might in the future, but it will definitely take time right now i do not forgive you and damon's like no yeah yeah sure sure take all the time you need <laughs> knowing that he has like roughly 48 hours to live
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man he's out and about right because it's only at the end when they're in bed together yeah he sort of goes on a rampage through town much like rose did he's delirious he's Attacking hallucinating. He's, he's perceiving it as like 1864 It's all wild. He's
1: seeing Elena as antebellum era Catherine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He starts attacking people. So naturally the cops come after him and start trying to track him down. They get to the Mystic Grill where he's breezed into. This is where Jeremy, Bonnie, Caroline are there. They've just found out what's happening with Damon. And they're like, okay, we got to go help figure it out. Damon vamp rushes in. The cops come in. Liz comes in. She holds up her gun at Damon. She shoots. He... Standing right in front of Jeremy, runs out of the way and leaves the grill, leaving the bullet to hit Jeremy, killing him.
1: I am not going to blame Damon for that. Damon was rabid and delirious and not thinking clearly. I don't think he was thinking, oh, Jeremy is behind me or even, oh, Jeremy has been shot. He was just a sickly creature at that point who recognized a gun it is the thing that killed him in his human life who recognized a gun and moved out of the way because he has super speed and then ran away
0: i withdraw the line of questioning you <laughs> <laughs> but jeremy does get shot and die it's okay bonnie violates the laws of magic to bring him back it's fine at the end somehow i guess elena manages to like calm him down and then take him back to his house and like lay him in bed she's old hat at this because she coached rose through her delirium even though she didn't fare as well in that instance and she and damon are saying their goodbyes i guess it's largely her saying her goodbyes because he's like just out of it there's some dialogue which i always
1: remember where damon who is more lucid now than he's been all day but still very weak and sickly and has been hallucinating about The last few months of his human life says to Elena, he apologizes again for what he's done, apologizes for taking her choices away from her this season. I think it's essentially him just being like, I've been a bad person, but there was goodness in me once and I've been dreaming about it all day. And he says, you should have met me in 1864. You would have liked me then, which I just thought it was like a, a good loop around of, of Catherine earlier that season saying, oh, damn, you've changed. You're darker mm. and sexier. And that sweet boy <laughs> I knew is dead. <laughs> but Elena, which whew, beginning of the end, Elena counters, I like you right now. Just the way you are.
0: Crazy thing to say, but I'm not Elena. So.
1: <laughs> he says, I know I don't deserve your forgiveness, but I need it. Elena does forgive him. And then she kisses him. It's a pretty chaste kiss, but it is a kiss on the lips of the brother of her
0: boyfriend who That's she knows no chasteness into her. <laughs> There's no chasteness <laughs> considering the dynamic <laughs> Considering it's her brother It's his brother's girlfriend They know what the dynamic is With the feelings and the relationships And the flirtations that have been happening Girl was like he's she dying thought he anyway
1: was gonna die. She said
0: he's she dying anyway he Let me get die. my kicks in Before he dies Girl She said he's dying anyway
1: Let me give him a little bit of what he wants Before he passes into the hereafter. hereafter."
0: word then Catherine walks in just after elena has kissed damon because stefan has sold himself over to klaus in order to get a vial of his blood which according to the witches well the witches just gave him a name and then he went to klaus and klaus divulged my blood is the only cure to a werewolf bite but in order to get it you must be my willing slave I mean partner in crime.
1: Klaus freeing the slaves in New Orleans but enslaving Stefan. Oh, you gotta appreciate the dissonance.
0: <laughs> he then gives the vial of blood to Catherine to take away, and Catherine arrives with it and hands it over. I love that in
1: that moment Stefan thinks that there is no way Catherine Pierce gives a damn about Damon and is gonna give him this cure because Klaus says, Catherine dear <laughs> Yeah He be be a doll and take be this adult. to Damon. Catherine, who is on vervain and therefore not susceptible to further compulsion, but has still been stuck in the house because the initial compulsion said she couldn't leave, is like, wait, 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 just for clarity, you're saying you want me to, to go. And the mm-hmm. is like, yes, and then comes straight back. And she vamps <laughs> away as fast as she can. And Stefan is like, no, she's never going to come back. Gonna she's never going to do it. not going to
0: give that to David.
1: <laughs> I like that Stefan probably thought... Catherine doesn't care about Damon. She won't give this to him even though it costs her nothing. Yeah. She, she'll she probably ha- hold on to it in case she ever gets bitten by a wolf. As, as a security measure, exactly. Which would be a very Catherine thing to do. Like you just, you refrigerate it, you hold on to that blood. Keep it forever. Michael leave it in a
0: time of need. I'm so curious how long Stefan just assumed Damon was dead. Like <laughs> when did he get the confirm that, yeah, no, she actually gave him the blood and he's fine. I can't imagine.
1: I mean, he doesn't see them till season three. So I don't even know. This
0: is what I'm saying. Is it? But he seems to be aware that they're tracking him, right? Because when Damon and Stefan see each other, he's like, you need to stop following. And when Catherine, strangely, in a moment of selflessness,
1: decides to save Damon, or possibly maybe not that selfless, she... Kind of backpedals on on the tune she's been singing all season to Damon. Mm -hmm. About how he was always second fiddle and he was just, you know, he was fun, but it was never love. She says to Elena, it's okay to love them both. I did. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so you do love Damon to an extent. Clearly significantly less than Stefan.
0: Yeah, a glimpse of, like, true Catherine. She would never, well, up until this point, she would never give Damon that satisfaction. But she would give it to Elena, who... Even though Elena is her disappointing echo of herself, (laughs) she's like, listen, girl, I'm going to give you some advice just so you can sort your life out it's fine i did it too
1: she's sowing the seeds of discontent in this delena relationship
0: the thing with Catherine, it's all a long game she's already thinking this is how i get Stefan back i yeah. send delena to Damon. if even to maybe that's, the why, vampire maybe that's why she saved damon yes it's truly just that's because listen it's him. Stefan's brother if if Stefan's brother is dead by the time i get him back he's not gonna be like in this you know i've got a plan for the future <laughs> <laughs>
1: Catherine was like, I need Damon alive so he can lure Elena
0: away. <laughs> and I can't oh. step into myself. <laughs> End of season two, which means we are reviewing the rap sheet once more. Oof. Episode one kills Jeremy because Catherine didn't love him and neither did Elena. Episode two compels Carter to pick a fight with Tyler Lockwood, likely to get him killed. Also attempts to kill Caroline, who's struggling with being a newbie vampire. Also, his
1: actions get Carter killed. because Yeah, his is actions because of do him. get
0: Carter killed, yes so actually i'm gonna add carter here as a death Ooh. even though technically caroline killed him he <laughs> aided and abetted uh <laughs> that is a crime in the kangaroo court of it was an animal attack <laughs> episode three uh this is subjective antagonizing mason after Stefan had made peace with him
1: oh yeah we forgot to mention that damon murders mason lockwood for no good oh reason. yeah
0: tortures him listen so the whole idea right is that he was trying to figure out what Catherine wants because they figured out that mason is connected to Catherine. but damon doesn't seem to be really interested in getting any information he seems to be just relishing in the torture of mason lockwood he's like fire poker to the chest like burning him repeatedly stabbing him with this thing he gets jeremy to get him some wolf's bane and starts shoving him down his throat mason is bubbling up with bits of flesh and like acided like skin like leaking out of his mouth. It's awful. And it's like Mason Lockwood, a character I don't particularly like ride for or anything. I'm just like, Jesus, is this necessary? And in that scene, Jeremy's there because Jeremy's just like Damon's sidekick now. He is like looking away when it happens, and tries to help Mason at some point when Damon's not in the room. And Damon obviously vamps back in, pushes him against the wall, and is like, what are you thinking? Werewolves are a natural enemy. He will kill you the second that he gets out. And it's like, Damon, you didn't even know about werewolves before this was about <laughs> it. What are you talking about? It does seem
1: kind of like a jealousy thing, because he finds out that Mason is slash was in a relationship with catherine because lord does catherine know how to manipulate men
0: i didn't Um, even think
1: about that (laughs) aspect of it yeah
0: god i was like why do you hate him so much
1: and it's like that that's why i'm like i don't think damon was as over catherine as he liked to pretend in season two and maybe maybe that's why he was so ready to attach himself to elena and once once mason explains the dynamic of their relationship damon is like oh i get it you're just stupid she's playing you and you would think that damon would have sympathy for someone like... else being manipulated by katherine <laughs> But instead, he's like, let me be poetic for a second. She will only rip your heart out. (laughs) Let me do it for her. (laughs) And he pulls Mason's heart from his chest, killing him. And it's like, Damon, maybe if you'd explained to him that Catherine... Or you could have just locked him up in the cell, He didn't need to die. But that is Damon's go-to move. Mason's not a person to him.
0: Mason's not someone deserving of any, like, deprogramming or, like, revelation that, like, hey, maybe you could live a life outside of this woman who's manipulating you. no. Die, episode six, torturing Mason to get in front of Catherine, but mostly for fun, and also killing Mason Lockwood because he wouldn't snitch. Which <laughs> oddly, I respect Mason Lockwood for, even though he was working with Catherine. He did kind of snitch, which I think
1: is what led to the revelation of their relationship, where he oh, he yeah. eventually did tell Damon that oh, she wants to break the werewolf half of the sun and moon curse. To which Damon is like, why would a vampire want to help a werewolf break a curse that keeps them weaker than us most of the time? And then Mason is like, for me, because she loves me. And then Damon is like, oh, I I see myself in you. Yeah, (laughs) I see myself in you and it disgusts
0: me. Yeah, I was going to say the fact that he kills him after that really kind of highlights like the self-hatred of Damon. Oh, that's interesting. I can't kill myself, but I can kill Mason Lockwood, a disposable version of me. (laughs) So much to unpack with this man. But yeah, to Mason Lockwood's defense, it's like, as far as he was concerned, Catherine was just trying to save him from the awfulness of being a werewolf, which we see from Tyler's experience in season two is awful. Yeah. Anyway, I digress. Episode seven, forcing Elena to listen to his love confession and then compelling it away. Episode 10, threatening to break Elena's arm. Episode 11, antagonizing Jules, who's honestly just trying to find her friend.
1: Who he (laughs) murders. She's (laughs) there because of him. Exactly. If it isn't the consequences of my actions.
0: (laughs) Yeah, the consequences of his actions are reaping further consequences. Episode 12, Rose, a mercy kill after she's bitten by a werewolf. Here's one that I forgot about that requires addressing, because that episode after mercy killing Rose. At the end of the episode, he does his stupid stand in the middle of the road and run somebody off, bit. And he encounters this girl. Her name is Jessica. I don't know how I know her name is Jessica because this was ages ago. (laughs) But he's like, I'm going to eat you. I'm not going to eat you. I'm actually going to let you go. And then he gives her this whole monologue that is to us, actually, because we're supposed to care about Damon's plight, right? He seems like he's grieving Rose. He talks about how he misses being human. He misses it so bad that it hurts or something to that effect about like how being a vampire actually is this great burden and he misses being human. Having seen the whole show, this feels so oddly out of place. It does. It's not a
1: mindset that he ever seems to return to.
0: No, never comes back. But then I went sequentially following season one up until this point. This is the most interesting Damon has ever been because if you take that as the like reality and disregard anything future that happens then it becomes a situation of damon leaning into these more violent impulses these more darker parts of being a vampire as a coping mechanism for this experience that he actually hates and i was so interested to be like wow where would that go And the answer is no way, because it never comes up again. (laughs) So so it's like, I don't know what that was for. And at the end of that interaction, he kills Jessica.
1: He he yo-yos her life in his hands and then decides to kill her anyway. I think later on in, you know, the season four Silas era, when, you know, the cure is being discussed, I think Elena or someone, I think it's Elena, asks if he would ever want the cure or... Is there a part of him that misses being human? I think he might acknowledge this scene. I think he might say that, yeah, maybe once. But now I'm at a place where being human seems like the most miserable thing in the world to me. And that's where he seems to stay for the rest of the show. That's
0: wild. It's just the depth of like, and I mean, testament to Ian Somerhalder. Damon looks so distraught in this scene. He's like bawling. And it's just odd to me that it's even that one thing doesn't seem like... A recognition of the depth of where he was in this episode, you know? I don't know. It's strange. I It's strange because it never goes anywhere as a discussion of Damon and vampirism. And so then I have to go, is this just to make us feel sorry for Damon? Odd to do that right before he eats somebody.
1: I... Hmm. I'll answer that when we get to season four. <laughs>
0: sure. Okay. <laughs> episode 13. Jules' pack members... He kills one of them. They did attack. So, you know, whatever.
1: They had it coming.
0: Sexually coercing Andy Star through compulsion to get over Elena. Episode 18. So we got a nice five episode gap where he doesn't really do anything terrible. Attempting to kill high schoolers that are compelled by Klaus.
1: Oh, yeah. Stefan is like, Damon, they're compelled. And he's like, so what? <laughs> it's
0: like, okay. And and it's like. Children, Damon. You don't draw the line at children.
1: Why would he draw the line at children? Did, we, did Did you forget the Caroline thing? I guess means- <laughs> And characters are all
0: children. You're right. Oh God. You forget sometimes is the thing, and that's the difficulty of navigating these relationships with like a fine tooth comb. Because like, if you think about it too much. All these kids are like 16, 17, and these immortal beings are showing up and messing with their lives. That's a story for another day. Episode 19, Abusing Andy Starr, comes back, believe it or not. Episode 20, Force-feeding Elena his blood to turn her into a vampire when Klaus sacrifices her. Episode 21, Greta granted she's a bad guy and she was an acting klaus's spell oh
1: no the greta thing was satisfying i was like yeah Girl, listen the way that your father and your brother turned their lives around and endangered themselves to come and save you and they both died and you were like all oh, did they not check their messages <laughs> they,
0: <laughs> my own free will the whole time <laughs> i was here in the klaus concert i was a roadie for the klaus world tour i was fine while it would have been nice to see bonnie kick her ass
1: with her you know 100 witches in a witch fight i do like that damon got the jump on her before she could even say anything
0: (laughs) yeah and then in the finale i will strike it even before an official confirmation jeremy gilbert to save his own skin (laughs) (laughs) that is not on damon so stricken from the record like i said i'm trying to be unbiased but it isn't always easy That ending the season two rap sheet, that takes us into season three. We open with, Stefan's not here, so Damon's around to play. I say that (laughs) in his defense, he is textually now dating Andy Starr after the summer of like, I don't know, searching for Stefan or whatever. But him and Elena are very much just like... They're in it now. Of the Klaus and Stefan summer of love. <laughs> listen, listen. We're going to circle back to that in the future, but I am so much more convinced. We're going to have fun with that one. But truly season three was God's gift to Damon because Stefan's absence so quickly facilitates Delena in a way that it hadn't before. Which is crazy because they're not together. Yeah. <laughs> Start to finish, Damon and Elena are not together, but this is where it's like foundation is built strong
1: i actually enjoy delena in season three i knew it was coming i didn't know where it would be going and i certainly didn't know it would be end game but i was like i was like this makes sense and the closest thing to the counterpart of this in the books which had long since deviated from the show like from chapter one <laughs> <laughs> there is a part in the books where stefan dies or in some way his physical form is gone and he is in hell And Damon and Elena have to travel to hell to get him back. And during that period, they become much closer to each other in a romantic sense because of the absence of Stefan. And I was like, oh, this is almost the show's counterpart because Stefan is off with Klaus. and, And so, so Delena has time to blossom.
0: I will say that textually, it is an interesting, like, this is now we can explore the dynamic of Delena without the and I have to say this while holding my tongue (laughs) so we get a chance to explore the dynamic of Delena without the fraught complications of the fact that she's in a relationship with Stefan it almost becomes okay to explore that now that he's off with Klaus that said it does piss me off that this is where it begins because again like the situation where where he came to her at the Mystic Falls Miss Mystic Falls pageant to like embrace her in a dance and that was the moment she fell in love with him that being because Damon worsened his blood addiction the reason he's able to now like explore Delena is because Stefan has sold himself to Klaus to save his life over the course of this first arc It is treated as though, like, Stefan is this villain now. Not villain per se, but, like, this antagonistic force. And he is. But also it's like, Stefan's whole deal is that he's trying to keep Klaus away from Mystic Falls to protect Elena and also his brother. And to do that, he must now do everything Klaus asks. Regardless, they are, they being Damon and Rick... And Elena when Damon doesn't manage to sideline her out of the equation.
1: Credit where credit is due. I am a Elena fan through and through. But I want the Delena shippers to know that I don't hate Damon to his core. I will give him his flowers where I think he deserves them. He pretends to have given up looking for Stefan when it's all Elena wants to do. And later on reveals that he has been tracking Stefan on his killing spree with Klaus. And he was trying to... Keep Elena from seeing that side of Stefan, and I know you're gonna say he was robbing her of her agency and her I, choice to assess that situation on her siren own song and for this come episode, to her. But go on conclusion. <laughs> but I do think that at, his intentions were at least his heart was in the right place, thinking sure. that rather than the season one Damon, who would have been over the moon at the (laughs) idea of elena seeing stefan's bad side and falling somewhat out of love with him or being scared of him Uh, this Damon was like let me preserve my brother's image and integrity in the eyes of his girlfriend i will handle this on
0: my own i don't want her to have to see this carnage i can kind of get behind that i do want to confirm though does he show her or does she find out because I seem to remember of her saying, why didn't you tell me? I think she finds out on her
1: own or I think she confronts him and then he's like, you know what? Here, like, I, I think she finds something on her own. And then Damon is like, OK, well, look, this is what I've been keeping from you. You, 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 you want to know? Here it is. I've been trying to protect you from this, but you've been on my case <laughs> treating me like I don't care about my own brother. I've been trying to protect you from this.
0: fair enough fair enough okay damon you get that one little thing couched in a number of other things but (laughs) so entered in the record but yes they are pursuing stefan they're following like trails of bodies and carnage because him and klaus are just rounding about and it's not clear what their plan is but we as the audience then find out that klaus is trying to make more hybrids yeah, it's just a lot of like trying to track him down, Stefan doing his best to get them to stop coming after him, because in his mind he's like, oh, it's over. There's no going back to what once was, so you have to let me go. I'm trying to keep y'all safe. He doesn't add the part about trying to keep them safe. He's just trying to old yellow them. Which <laughs> frankly, I don't know how I don't know why he thought that was going to work very well. I guess when he resorts to killing Andy Starr, which is a thing he does, that is like the straw in the camel's back for Damon. Well, for Damon, Damon, yeah, for
1: Damon. Not for Elena. Because he saves Damon in the season opening from a rabid failed hybrid in the season premiere. And then that is what convinces Damon that, okay, Elena, part of the reason that I have been trying to keep you from the Stefan investigation is because I was worried that he was beyond saving, at least at least within your human lifetime, which I have now decided I respect. You can mm, stay here yeah, and yeah, die in the next 60
0: years. <laughs> I will say, the summer between season two and three, this is his best. Because we spoke about this in another episode of, like, where do I think the road of Damon could have been, like, course-corrected? This is it. Because in this summer where it's like, okay, he's done, if he was doing a 45-degree shift in season two, he's sort of at a 180 now. He's kind of really in it. He's friends with Elena. He's friends with Rick. They are working together to try and find Stefan. We're in a good place-ish. As good as we can be with Damon. And after after Stefan saves him, he's like,
1: okay, his humanity switch isn't off, for one. And I think it's possible we can get him back quickly enough. But you need to acknowledge it's going to be a messy road, Elena. And he's like, let's do this. Then that is when Stefan (laughs) gets annoyed. (sighs) And in a later episode, decides, I am tired of you not getting the message that I don't want to be found. I'ma murder your little plaything to show you that I mean business. Not because I think she means that much to you, but because I know that you know that I consider human life valuable.
0: God, thank you. I thought I was gonna have to like sell that one, but like that is my read on it. <laughs> of like it's less to do with like taking something of Damon's because ultimately Damon didn't care that much about Nandi an Star. He tries to pretend he did in that episode, but it's like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> she was kind of like your pet blood bag. I don't think this was a real relationship for you. He gets over that death real quick. At least with Rose, he's like, he's sad for a while. (laughs) Right, right. He's just kind of pissed in this one. And like, it does feel like Stefan is like, if I can show you that I'm willing to just drop this person who's done nothing to their death, then that'll convince you that I am beyond, that it's done. That's the thing about season three where it's like, it starts to feel like Stefan and Damon have traded places. Mm. And I do think that is an interesting like narrative dynamic to explore. Because, you know, it's it's a long show. Like, we've got to play with the dynamics to keep it fresh. It's textually exciting to now watch Stefan do bad. To watch Stefan, like, reckon with... The darker sides of his vampirism, and to see Damon try his best to be a hero despite it not being his natural impulse. Ooh, I like that. That's like that. an interesting story element. Let's let's
1: put a pin in that real quick. I okay. wanted to say that the Andy, the only time Andy is referenced by Damon ever again, is <laughs> a little while later. Okay. He and Elena track Stefan and Klaus to Chicago. Is it Windy City? Yes. Um, I think this is when uh, Rebecca. Either has been undaggered or is about to be undaggered. But Damon confronts Stefan without Elena being present at that in that scene. He he questions Stefan. He's like, like what what's with you? You you save my life one day, and you kill Andy the next. Are you good or bad, Stefan? Yeah.
0: And that's it. (laughs) And that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's hilarious. But yeah, they get through this hybrid arc doing their damnedest to like try and. Save him. I think it reaches a point where Elena decides, like, you know what? What are we going to do? Since Stefan has been doing all this to keep Klaus away from Mystic Falls and away from his loved ones, it eventually comes out that that is the case. Klaus then decides, you know what? We've got Rebecca back. We've got this necklace back. We're trying to figure out this hybrid thing. Let's go back to Mystic Falls, <laughs> baby. Let's go back to the heart of the it's drama. It's a shame
1: that that's when Klaus comes to the conclusion that there's something you've been lying about, Stefan, and I think it's in that hometown of yours that you've strangely expressed no interest in even trying to convince me to let you go back to. Because this happens right after, in, in the same the, the Chicago episode, when Elena manages to meet up with Stefan on her own, without Damon. Damon has previously warned Elena that... When Stefan would go through his Ripper phases, which he's definitely in right now, um, yes. emotions on or off, it was never a good time. I don't. I want you to be ready for the version of Stefan that you might see if and when we find him. And when Elena does find Stefan, Stefan is forced to categorically, because this is the first time that it, it's explicit, categorically break up with her and be like, "Please stop chasing me. I'm saying I don't want you here." He says, "I don't want to see you. I don't want to be with you. Go yeah. home." And leave me alone. And Elena is heartbroken and she and Damon return home. And I think that's the point where she's like, Okay, I guess I've given up. Steven has made it clear. I guess I
0: give up. Nothing I can <laughs> do. He doesn't want my help. And unfortunately, it's the same time McClaus is like, let's go to Mystic Falls. <laughs> 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 To be fair to Stefan, which is not a thing I ever need to say, but God, season three is rough. Like, Damon warns her about the ripper of it all, but Stefan is mostly outside of the blood. He is surprisingly in control. Yeah. It's to hurt her so that she won't come back and that she'll be safe. That's like the whole
1: vibe. It definitely seems to convince her, though. Also, in that episode, before we get to Klaus's return to Mystic Falls, which is... Whew, yep. In that episode, Damon does the dumb thing of not intentionally forcing elena out of the action but leaving her in stefan's place because he's like elena and this time he at least has a conversation with her he doesn't just say you're stupid i don't need to explain myself he says elena stefan is you know not only feeding on human blood but off the rails and traveling with an original i can't be worried about you if i'm going to go confront him please just wait here in stefan's old flat (laughs) from the 19 whatever (laughs) 1930s 40s Um, yeah and he's like just stay here be safe And I will come find you when it's all done. Then he leaves her there for hours. And Stefan and Klaus show up and she has to hide inside the cupboard.
0: Isn't it crazy how when you're not working with a character, the danger comes to them and now you're not there? And it's like, David, she almost got caught. I was about to give him some credit too. I was about to be like, at least you spoke to her about it. At least you're talking about it. But no damon why would you leave elena here stefan's old flat when you know stefan and klaus are here (laughs) why would you leave her alone
1: like on the list of places stefan might show up with klaus in tow this had to be one of them because he used to live here it's not that you left her in a random flat we're
0: gonna talk about the moonstone in season two, (laughs) hiding elena exactly where klaus and stefan will find her i just this character is dumb guys i'm sorry is
1: that damon's does damon suck at hiding things
0: Really bad. There's also
1: the white oak steak in the fireplace.
0: (laughs) Yes. And then there's the cure for immortality in season seven, which (gasps) his mom just finds. He's just so bad at this.
1: No wonder Catherine didn't
0: want him. Catherine was like, Damon, I spend my life hiding myself, and you suck at hiding things. We can't be together. Imagine now you must come with me while I'm running from Klaus. (laughs) Absolutely not. Klaus does bring Stefan back to Mystic Falls, kicking off the era of the original in town there's a lot of stuff happening klaus is hell bent on making his hybrids he thinks the mfg can figure it out and so he's also invested in like cracking stefan because we may talk about this in a, in another episode but like klaus is very obsessed in a way that sybil was obsessed with making sure damon and enzo were fully under a thrall klaus is obsessed with making sure stefan is like with him to the end you know so that's why he's here yeah compelling stefan To maim Elena and co if they don't figure out how to make the hybrids. He also kills Tyler. He feeds Tyler his blood and kills him and is like, my hybrids have been sticking. Figure it out or he dies. Bonnie as the singular town
1: witch is the one tasked with figuring it out. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you do magic. You figure it out with with magic. You're a witch. I was trying to remember why I couldn't remember where Damon was in the
0: school gym. It's because he's not even (laughs) in town this episode. No, He's on a road trip with Catherine of all people. (laughs) Road tripping with Catherine. And who he's been in a conversation with Throughout this whole Stefan situation She's tracking him in Chicago So she goes, listen Pearl, my old bestie, you remember her The one who I sold out (coughs) She had told me at some point That Klaus was running himself I'm running from Klaus Klaus is running from someone else There's this hunter that exists That would be able to take on the originals. She didn't tell me who it was. But she must have told Anna. So we're gonna go kidnap Jeremy. Our resident medium in season 3. And he's gonna wake up his little ghost girlfriend. And ask her about this. Damon of course goes along with it. They do get Jeremy to drum up Anna. And when Anna won't tell them who the hunter is. He starts bashing Jeremy's head against the table. In order to strong armor which works um take that as you will
1: i must point out that at least in as far as the narrative is concerned it 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 fades a bit as the show goes on but at this point it's supposed to be elena brings out the best in Damon, and dark mirror to that is that catherine often encourages his worst impulses it is actually catherine who tells him you want to make an omelet you have to break a few eggs hinting to him that hey hurt jeremy and anna will sing like a canary (laughs)
0: Fair enough. She's poisoned. <laughs> that said, he is meant to be, like, over Catherine at this point. So why does she have any sway on him? I think it's in the same
1: episode where he he has a brief makeout with Catherine while they're driving the car together. Like, he he makes out with her for a few seconds, then tosses her aside. She's visibly offended and is like, what are you doing, Damon? And he says, <laughs> I figured it was worth a shot, but the truth is you don't do it for me anymore, Catherine. <laughs>
0: yeah, I'm glad he says that because... The show will have you believe she never did it for him, but that's a story for (laughs) later. Anna tells them that the hunter's named Michael, he's a vampire who hunts other vampires, and if they find him or look for him, they're all screwed. Then because, like, Catherine's taken his phone or something and apparently Elena's been texting because there's drama over at the school, Damon heads off while Catherine goes to look for Michael. By the time Damon comes back, again, a bunch of stuff has happened. But Klaus, he's figured out that What he needs in order to make his hybrids is Elena's blood. And they tested it on Tyler. It worked. So he's like, okay, great. I'm taking Elena. Cheers, guys. Stefan's humanity is off. Otherwise, obviously, he would have fought this. Klaus has compelled him to turn off his humanity. Damon comes back just as Klaus is, like, having some medical personnel drain Elena of blood. And he... uses michael's name to scare klaus off he's like your old pal michael name drops michael (laughs) i love that he did that having no idea who michael was full gamble i respect it it's like listen i'm trying whatever klaus has his hands around my throat i'm gonna die so it does work klaus is spooked enough to run off leaving his sister behind (laughs) and leaving stefan behind but he does tell stefan to stick around and keep an eye on his investment little doppelganger elena and so for the next like arc of the show we're in this dynamic of damon and elena having to deal with no humanity stefan sticking around and hovering which i think is a hilarious dynamic again feeding into that idea of like the places have traded Mm. before it was stefan and elena in cahoots having to deal with damon causing trouble and now the shoes on the other foot and i think that's fun
1: at the end of that episode where stefan's humanity is turned off and damon name drops michael when he's speaking to elena in the the denouement <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah the, the, denouement. the denouement <laughs> <laughs> elena is basically telling him that oh yeah like shit really hit the fan tonight and she says like she tearfully says to damon where were you And I'm like, shame It's not entirely healthy But she has really attached herself to this man In the absence of Stefan
0: Yeah, she's come to depend on him Which leads
1: to problems down the line Because as you say, it's thematically Stefan and Damon have traded places Because Stefan is in his bad boy era So Damon must be good now And... As the season goes on, it becomes clear that Damon doesn't like that pressure.
0: Oh, true. In fact, oh, I I didn't mention it. But early on, when Damon and Elena are very clearly vibing now, Alaric clocks it. And Alaric, who at this point is basically Elena's like surrogate dad. Yeah. Is like, hey, buddy, you and I are friends. However, this year, absolutely not absolutely not. You're going to need to back off a little bit. (laughs) Damon doesn't like it. He says it once. Alaric says it. Later in that episode, Alaric like stands in his way to keep him from doing something stupid. He was going to go after somebody. Elena was like, no, don't do it. And Damon's like, when do I ever listen to you? Alaric gets in his way and Damon goes, you're starting to piss me off, Rick. That's the second time you've gotten in my way today. I forget what Rick says. And then Damon just kills him. (laughs) (laughs) He has the ring on. But it's like... Still kind of messed up Damon And I guess it's in defiance of this idea That like now that Stefan's gone He has to be like the solid moral person Yeah And Rick is really upset about it I was not expecting Rick to genuinely be upset But like Rick is also in his era of like God damn it I'm friends with a vampire How did this even happen? Dive blinders on to like how awful Damon can be Which is my question to Alaric Saltzman But I digress So that also happens And that just ties into what you're talking about That comes up later yeah, Rick is Rick is upset about that for quite a couple of episodes. Yes, he's basically like we're not friends anymore, buddy. I think for
1: the remainder of the whole ghost arc, Rick is annoyed and it's only after the encounter with Mason Lockwood's ghost that he and Damon start to bury the hatchet when Damon recycles the apology that he uses <laughs> on Mason's ghost. <laughs> if you can call
0: that an apology, Uh, I thought that was cute, I thought that was funny Listen, I'm not Some moments it will be like In true Damon fashion And I'll be like, okay, that was kind of funny That one was alright, I'll (laughs) let it Because it's like, there is a version Of this character that's like Fun for me And I just, I don't know It just gets lost in the source, it's a
1: shame I guess around this time Outside of the originals stuff it's uh Damon meeting Bill Foster (laughs) Bill Forbes (laughs) Forbes, sorry Bill Bill Forbes Bill Foster is a Marvel character friend of the pod Bill Forbes Damon meeting Bill Forbes learning Bill Forbes is immune to his compulsion saying some weird gay jokes that I don't know why those had to be in the script truly
0: (laughs) learning Bill was gay and deciding my homophobic era begins god he does not let up a little sneak peek on the season 3 rap sheet. Making several homophobic jokes about Bill Forbes. Who, granted, <laughs> sucks. But like... A Damon homophobic version. <laughs> <laughs> Damon homophobic era.
1: He also tries to kill Bill more than once. Um, it's nice because... It's like one of the only times Caroline overpowers him. I think we mentioned in the vampire episode that she displays that, you know, given given the right amount of motivation, a weaker vampire in terms of age can overcome a stronger vampire. She snaps his wrist, headbuts him and throws him <laughs> against the wall. There's the ghost arc where, I mean, he gets to reunite with Mason, who very big of him. Mason died and met Jesus because Mason is like, I forgive you. <laughs> I'm, I'm on a journey.
0: I'm realigning my karma. <laughs> I have a little nephew to look out for. I'm doing the things you could never do, Damon.
1: Listen. He tortures Damon for a little bit, but it's like, I wasn't actually gonna kill you. I'm I'm actually here to give you useful info. <laughs> Deserved. Before he helps Damon, he just asks for an apology. And Damon is like, uh, I'm not gonna do that. And Alaric who is with them is like, Are you capable of remorse? Just apologise. <laughs> and I gotta hand it to Alaric. I'm like, Alaric, yep. he might just be That may be true <laughs> because there are versions of Damon in the show that do seem incapable of remorse.
0: Following the ghost arc... Oh yeah, Tyler, through Klaus turning him into a hybrid, becomes Syed. So in their plan to like take down Klaus, Tyler is like, no, we can't take down Klaus. And Damon's the one to divulge the information about the sire Bond, which, honestly, an upset considering he never seems to know anything About the supernatural beyond his own experience. If it had been anyone else, Damon would have been like, there's no such thing (laughs) thing as the sire bond. What are you talking about? But Tyler is sire to Klaus and so is invested in Klaus's well-being. Damon's solution to that, we kill Tyler Lockwood. (laughs) (laughs) Caroline's like, excuse me? Again, true Damon fashion. Oh, this is when Elena and Rick enact their plan to get Stefan back. It is largely Elena's plan and she's roped in Rick to assist her. Elena's plan is to get drunk while Stefan, because Stefan's like following her around and like taking care of her and then go to the bleachers and then jump off. So that Stefan rushes to catch her. She doesn't jump off. She She falls. She stumbles (laughs) off, which
1: may or it may or may not have been a staged fall. I'm not sure. It is a
0: stage four because the moment in their plan that Rick shows up and and shoots him with Vivane darts in the back, Elena's whole face changes and becomes like serious. (laughs) And Rick says, you look a little not sober. So she did genuinely get drunk but through her drunkenness she tricks Stefan. They lock up Stefan in the older Salvatore cellar. During the ghost arc, Lexi comes back because Elena's thinking of her. That's how the other side interacting with Ghostworks, and she teaches her all she needs to know, crash course style, about breaking Stefan from his like ripper slash no humanity state. Damon then decides: actually, no, I don't care about the Lexi plan that has been tried, tested, and proven to work every time. I'm gonna bust Stefan out. And I'm going to take him to a bar and have him feed on people because this is gonna help again i think damon is very stupid in many capacities but specifically when it comes to understanding stefan's relationship with blood and it's because he can't conceive of a world right where someone in biting and harming a person in order to feed themselves would not be able to deal with the guilt of that and the fallout of that because it's not something damon has ever experienced his solution is yeah we'll just have you feed and we'll be chill and we'll bro out and that's how i'll get you back and it's like okay maybe that'll work they are interrupted by michael who Catherine has released off on her journey <laughs> and they make a plan with michael to kill
1: klaus because that's what he's here for. he says "Lower klaus back to mystic falls and i will gladly drive a
0: stake through his heart fail and i'll drive one through yours come back to the and michael episode i have a lot of chief things to say about michael <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so they start hatching this big plan it's damon it's stefan it's michael and elena um i'm not sure who involves elena if it's damon i'm surprised And pleasantly so. The plan is to convince Klaus that his dad is dead. And has been daggered by one of the humans in the gang. And then bring him to town. And then we stake him. Details to be decided. (laughs) (laughs) So Elena's gonna be the person who daggered him. They do this elaborate phone call. And they bring Klaus to town. Klaus, of course, paranoid as hell, knows that there's subterfuge about. He gets Tyler to throw this party at his house. And that's where he is. Damon. Who granted Damon and Elena are worried. Because Stefan. One. Doesn't have his humanity on. And two. Klaus just has to compel him. And then the whole plan is over. He conspires with Michael. And they snap Stefan's neck. And then go to enact the plan. On Wait. Do own. they snap Stefan's neck? Or does Michael feed You're right. Of him? Michael feeds off him. Damon looks stunned. To have made a deal with the devil. And then watch the devil do his work. Damon, that's with you and God. I guess
1: Damon didn't know that that was something Michael did because Catherine probably didn't divulge that.
0: Because he does say... Michael does tell Damon in that episode, I haven't harmed a living person since, like, I don't know, 10, 20 or whatever. I survive on the blood of the monster. I feed from vampires. Which, honestly, is so much more interesting than Augustine will ever be. (laughs) Just to throw that out there. They head off to Tyler's house where the party's going on to, like negotiate with klaus i can't remember how exactly this plan goes down
1: it was confusing especially because there were two concurrent plans yeah
0: that's the problem <laughs> the real
1: one and the the fake one
0: i guess the plan they were supposed to bring michael's body to the house and damon's like scrap that plan we're gonna shock and awe klaus into a trap michael shows up and asks for klaus by name klaus comes to the door they have their tete and then Damon comes from behind to attack Klaus by surprise. He almost manages to do it, but then Stefan tackles him from off-screen. Damon's like, What are you doing? We heard him. And instead, Klaus uses the white oak stake to stab Michael, killing him. He will vent to Elena about this and bitch about it and be like this, that, and the other thing, while we get the information from Catherine on the other end she reveals that, like, she had her own deal going on. There were three plans. (laughs) Her whole deal was that Klaus had told her at the party while she was masquerading as Elena. Again, complicated. I know y'all are trying something. Whatever you do, even if you succeed in killing me, my hybrids have their orders. And shit's gonna pop off the moment I die. Catherine goes to Stefan with this information at the point he's had his head snapped and tells him, listen, Klaus has said... If anything happens to him, the hybrids have their order to kill Damon. And so Stefan has to stop the plan and let Klaus kill Michael in order to prevent that from happening. Happy circumstances that Klaus sees this as a sign of Stefan's loyalty and gives him back his freedom. He compels him to no longer like follow under what Klaus expects. And so Stefan heads off. This, of course, sends Stefan into his revenge plot against Klaus, which will drive the next arc of the storyline. And I believe Catherine tells
1: Stefan, because I think Stefan might be expressing surprise that, oh, you did all this so that Damon wouldn't die? Because I think it was specifically that the hybrids were going to kill Damon if Klaus died. And since the sire bond is not compulsion, presumably it would continue even after the original vampire is killed. Catherine says that, you know stefan you sitting here with no humanity let me let me let let me me tell you wisdom vampires can turn off their emotions they can shut off their humanity but it never stops trying to fight its way back in and as for me sometimes i let it once again revealing the deep 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 deep,
0: very very deep mariana's trench she did love Damon
1: <laughs> She does care about Damon yeah. Surprisingly she cares enough about Damon That she sacrificed getting rid of Klaus for once and for all Crazy <laughs> that To protect him which is which is wild I, I would not expect that from Catherine Given everything that happens in season 2 But there it is I also
0: think that like Because in the next episode He beats it out of Stefan That like Stefan did this to save him And in Damon's eyes It's attributed to Stefan that the plan was derailed to save his life i wonder if he knows that it was Catherine who did that and i wonder if his opinion of her through like season four and season five might have been softened a little bit not to say it should have or anything but like i'm curious i don't think he ever finds that out yeah yeah that's so
1: ah that's fascinating i i i often when watching these things something will happen that is quite significant that another character never, ever finds out <laughs> about as the, <laughs> exactly. as the show goes on.
0: And it always frustrates me because I'm like, I I wish you would know. Well, with that in mind, because I think that episode where they fail to kill Klaus and Michael is killed, I think that was the season three mid-season finale. I think our court is going to take a brief recess. Or, well, I can't decide that. I'm not the judge. But the prosecution motions for a recess, <laughs> your honor to uh reconstitute our evidence and our uh case and return at a later point uh yes uh motion granted
1: (laughs) motion carried
0: i don't know i'm not a real (laughs) judge surprise
1: it was catherine in disguise the whole time
0: (laughs) (laughs) this is your bailiff speaking thanking you the jury and now sending you off to your room And uh, as you sit there twiddling your cell phones while you're pretending to deliberate this case, uh, I'll remind you to keep watch as court will be in session soon enough. But until then, thank you for being present for this first part of the trial of Damon Salvatore. If you enjoyed this and want to let us know or have any questions please send them through at animalattackpod at gmail.com. You can mail us your thoughts and questions there. You can also find us on Twitter at animattackpod. That's at A-N-I-M attack pod. You'll find a link tree in our bio that has all our online stuff on there. And, yeah, court is briefly adjourned. Cheers. Cheers. (laughs)